0: I did shoplift a pack of gum once when I was, like, three years old. It's one of my earliest memories. They were playing Billie Jean on the radio. And I was... My mom was checking out at the grocery store. And I was pretending that the big squares on the floor were lighting up as I was stepping on them. Oh. And I spun around and grabbed a pack of gum and put it in my pocket <laughs> In my head, in the coolest, like Michael Jackson dance move. Yes, yes. Version.
1: Gosh. You got your start in grocery store music videos very early.
0: Honey, I've always been this person. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. <laughs> here we are. Well, well, we really did it guys. We really made it through a day. We really made it through a day. I had the best
1: plans for how I wasn't going to stress or pay one single bit of attention. Tell
0: me, tell me everything. To any of it. And how'd that work out for you?
1: I stayed in one spot until my body was so cramped and sore, just refreshing my phone. I finally ate at about. 9 p.m. last night, I had to eat oatmeal because I was sick to my stomach. Oh, I had...
0: Can I just tell you about the IBS <laughs> I had last night? Can I tell you about the fact that, like, I was like... I'd made a decision. I was supposed to... Sarah Sophie had invited me over to watch her turns yeah. at her house. My friend Sarah Sophie, Sarah who was Sophie like... Sarah Sophie Flicker, who is an activist and... She does the joy to the polls thing. She does... We do so much anti... Uh, I was about to say anti-abortion work together. That's not right, guys. No, that's, that's not, not, what, you, I that's that not, not what I do. That is actually not what I do. the opposite. <laughs> Jesus the Christ. The opposite. My brain. My brain! We do a lot of abortion work together. We. Uh, she's just, she does just a ton of great stuff. And she does that resistance revival chorus. And uh, anyway, and they were a joy to the polls. They were out there. They were doing right. it. And she had invited me over to watch Returns. And I was like, you know what? you know what? I had a weird fucking week last week. I, we can get into that too. Yeah. Yeah, sure. We really should. Um, and I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to watch these returns. I'm not even going to turn on the TV. not going to, I'm not going to look at my phone. I don't know if you noticed guys yesterday. I was very not on any of the socials <laughs> at all. I mean, rarely ever on Twitter, yeah, yeah. but I like wasn't on. So I wasn't on Instagram. I barely posted. I was just like doing other things, living my life, like just doing other things, living my life. <laughs> and then, and uh cause you know, I'd voted and yeah. Jen, and I did like a, in the morning, I did like a reminder on Insta, like just here's your reminder. Cause I did feel like I needed to do that, you know? Yeah. But I was like, I'm not going to like, people know, people yeah. know, I don't need to post like a fucking thing. An impassioned I don't. People yeah. know.
1: At this point, they know.
0: They know. Um, My friend Jess White's from the ACLU, and I had talked the week before last week, and she was like, what's your plan? What are we going to do? And I was like, I think I'm... I don't know. Like, I may go to my friend Sarah's to watch Returns. And she said... She was like, my favorite... in my In my old previous life, I like... Worked for a management company that managed the band Travis. And, and like, and they were like, she's like, they're my favorite band of all time. And they're actually playing that night in New York. And I haven't seen them in so long. And I'm like trying to decide if, and this is a woman, you know, she's like, works at the ACLU. There are so many things on the ballot, so many things that are important. And she's like, I'm just trying to decide. I don't, I don't know if I should go. I, I feel like I shouldn't go. And I was like, you know what? I have a new perspective on all of this. And I think you need to go and have fun and enjoy it and like find joy in your life and in the music that you love. And like, don't think about it. Don't right. even don't don't turn your phone, put your phone on airplane mode, like turn your texts off, go. Music is such a, a unifying experience, like being in community with people and like That's what you should do on election night. I'm like, by the way, the show you'll be home by 1130. Right. And you can look at the results then. So taking my own advice, I met Nicole, our friend Nicole. She got off work and she was like, are we going to watch Returns? Are you watching Returns? I was like, you know what? I changed my mind. I don't want to do it. (laughs) Let's get a burger at this bar. Yeah. We like went and had a burger. Now, maybe that the IBS has to do with that. I don't know. Well... But I've had burger, you know, burgers, and I go well together normally. I but think anyway, a burger is a very
1: soothing.
0: It uh, is. That's what I. That's, that's what I was thinking.
1: I feel like you know, maybe I'm just thinking in terms of like hangovers, and you know, but I
0: love a burger. I mean, burgers always work for me traditionally. <laughs> but Not I less, do have to say, right. well, I also did a little cereal binge eating when I got home too. <laughs> Which was just like that was just like some nervous energy. You love a, a cereal binge. It's cost me a lot in my life. <laughs> I want to tell you, it has cost me a lot. Is that are we able be to tell that next? story? Are we I able mean, to tell that story yet? I I think you can tell. Big th- cereal I think- tried to take me down, guys. <laughs> just so you know. I got fucked by big cereal. Oh do you know how god. useful that chunk of money would be right now in my life? Oh my god! Can you even yes. imagine?
1: I can't. Obviously, I can I imagine. Would be out of
0: out of. I mean, my ha-
1: current. I feel like we have to tell the story. Like, okay. In- okay, you don't have guys. to name names. Maybe. Oh, do well, like we a, can't name names. Do like a um a blind cereal item.
0: You Guys, here's a blind cereal <laughs> item. <laughs> Many moons ago. You know, I work with brands. Casey and I are doing some fun things coming up with some brands, guys. And boy, are we gonna talk to you about it. Not because like for any other reason than like I honestly just think it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Like I'm for excited. us. And I'm, I'm excited, excited to like work with you in that way. You yeah, know? like I think it's gonna be super fun. We get to like write and do some some ad things together. Um <laughs> For some some brands. We don't need to... We're not going to blow them up now. They're not advertising on the podcast. It's <laughs> like other stuff. But you know, I do my brand, brand stuff, my brand work, my money jobs, as yeah. we call them sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I long
1: but- ago... What? Well, I was gonna say, you do, you know, as we've talked about so many times, money jobs, but also there are jobs that you do because you sincerely believe in and really like and use the products, and I feel like this was a case where it was like the perfect storm of being like you were gonna get paid a decent amount of money for it, was it. a lot of money. It was yeah, a lot of money. it was a lot of money, but also like you loved the the product. I think.
0: Like, well, no, wait. Oh, okay. I do love cereal. Yes that's for sure and my yes. and my uh nervous when i when i get into my like compulsive eating which uh, isn't eating disorder ag- i mean it it's more ocd yeah. than it is eating disorder adjacent yeah. just fyi like a, guys yeah, like if you're listening yeah it's well it actually is linked to my ocd it's yeah, like you're the like same and- yes it's the same um thing in my brain that causes the picking. It yeah. causes the compulsive eating of the crunching of a thing. And like yeah. and that's it's not about like an eating disorder like deprivation. Right, right, right. Whatever. Right. Just making that clear so that people aren't like she's making fun of her eating disorder. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like yeah, I don't want people yeah, to think course. I'm like making light of a yeah, it is ne- it is tied to my yeah. OCD, yeah. but like that's a thing that I have and I, and manifest itself in a couple different ways. And one of them is occasionally I will do like a, if I'm very stressed out or whatever, it might manifest itself as a compulsive eating of something very crunchy, usually cereal, sometimes popcorn. Um, last night it was uh yeah, good one. So that's a good, maybe one. that, but that could have caused the upset. Like, yeah. it was just so much the sugar, on, top yeah, yeah, sugar on. on top of a burger. little sugar on
1: top of a burger. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: was maybe too much. It wasn't the she fiber. Went, she, <laughs> she went too far. She went too far. Anyway, so back to cereal gate. Um, so, no, I was hesitant about that particular cereal because there were some health claims. There were some claims. Right. Yes. And I was a little bit like, I'm not, I don't, mm, I don't know. I don't know right. about this. But then remember, and they kept pursuing me and the money kept going up. Yeah. And then they sent the cereal, a bunch of the cereal to try. And then I was like, ah, this is pretty good. I actually really like this. Yeah. And they were kind of, it seemed like they were just like, they were very uh, adamant that it was me. Yeah. Like they wanted me. Yeah. It seemed very clear that I was like the only person they wanted the ch- for this. The job. only choice for the cereal because they, job. Because They really did they came back, I think two or three times. And then, yeah. then each time it was more money. And then finally yeah. it was like it was the mo- it was a ton of money. And also I they sent the cereal over and I was like, yeah, I mean, is it my favorite? It's no. But I like yeah. it. It's cereal and it's good. And like I can get behind this. So anyway, the job consisted of, money jobs oftentimes are like, consist of like different buckets, right? Like it's like a social media component. Um, Sometimes it's like an in-person or remote interview component where I would have to like try to organically talk to different press outlets, i.e. your peoplemag.coms, your uh, Better Homes dot coms, your like good housekeepings dot coms, like she knows dot com. Anyway, I could go on. Talk to them about whatever, like somehow organically weave in how this is my new favorite way to start my day. Okay. Right. And, and then like sometimes these, de- sometimes the deals like sort of encompass all three. Sometimes the social media pieces are, uh, sometimes the social media pieces are, professionally shot like a commercial. Right. And sometimes you just shoot them on your phone and send them away and they approve it. And then they, you know, you do it. This was like a this was like a three-stepper this this deal. And it was like a period of time that covered like maybe six months, I think. Yeah. And so but again, it was like a lot of money. Maybe it wasn't even six months. Maybe it was like four months. So One of the components was like shooting these commercials, right? That were going to be online. One of the components was doing like an in person press thing, like I activation, like I've done before. Yeah. That was the first thing. So we did the in person press activation. Now, normally when you get these money jobs, they structure your payment. Guys, this is inside baseball. Boy, is it ever. This is a Hollywood uh, break. But I'm just letting you know how you get yeah. paid for these things. Um, they, they structure your deal. So like you normally get like 50% at before you start the job. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you get like 25% like after another, you know, like the next month. And then like right. at the at the completion of the job you get the final chunk whatever they owe you right you know for the money i don't think i got i don't even think i got i maybe i did get 50% i did, i think i did get 50% of okay. it okay so i do that like press day yeah and then i shoot these commercials and that was like its whole that was its own weird thing that I wasn't thrilled about, like, that right. day, the way that it all went down. um, And the people from the brand were there, but they were, like, a little weird. Mm. And, like, the vibe was not great. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, and I just was, like, the vibe with the brand was, like, not great. And I was a little confused, like, why why were they so adamant that it had to be me? Because they seemingly hate me. Like, I was just confused, you know? I have a theory.
1: Once once you tell the whole story, I'll tell my theory.
0: Okay. Um, It was just, like, awkward. And I'm not used to that because a lot of times, most of the time when I work with brands, I, like, really get along with the brand people and I'm, like, into it and it's a fun job and we're all, like, there for the same reason. Anyway so I basically did like two steps of the thing, right? right? I did like the activation, like press interviews. Then I did shot these commercials. And then the last thing was going to be me posting some things on social, but that was like sort of the least of what was required of me. Like they had these commercials that they were going to put on like Facebook or you know wherever you see like right, online yeah. weird yeah. commercial banner ads like that kind of thing yeah for the launch of their product which was coming out like at a particular day because it was a new it was a new product guys a new cereal never to before the market.
1: seen cereal reveal
0: never again seen <laughs> I'm I mean going to tell you so. At some point, before that week of the launch, was it like right before? It was a couple of weeks before. Yeah, it was two weeks before. Yeah, the launch. Um, it was. It was like a couple of weeks before they were launching the product, the, the
1: secret cereal, the
0: secret cereal, <laughs> and I wasn't thinking about that.
2: Because why would I be? Yeah.
0: Whatever. And I had like a dinner party at my house, as we did in those days. And I got real drunk. (laughs) And then it ended, the night ended with like, I think it was like me and Kelly Oxford, like on the floor eating cereal. Yeah. And I woke up the next day and I tweeted something that is more or less this what I'm going to say? Yeah, I think I pretty much have it memorized based on the kerfuffle that followed. <laughs> yeah, like now I remember why I can't keep cereal in the house because I get drunk and eat an entire box. Um, <laughs> regretting my and regretting my decisions <laughs> from last <laughs> night, you know. Um, and that was that, and it was like a Sunday, a slow. A slow post day. Yeah. And it was on Twitter. Which was yeah. like, not even, it wasn't even like I was like on Instagram. Was there an Instagram story too? Maybe. Was there? I don't, I don't think remember. so. I think I remember it just being a tweet, a single tweet. I think it was just the single tweet. Within a couple hours, I had one of my agent's assistants text me and say, hey, uh so listen we have an issue and uh we're going to need you to take down that tweet immediately <laughs> uh i it, it is they are very upset about it and i was like okay that's that's weird i'm like i feel i feel bad i'm like definitely um, hung over right now. I, like, didn't mean <laughs> I didn't mean any thing. And I, like, also didn't even mention, like, the whatever, the cereal that I was eating. It wasn't the same thing. It was, like, a right. different it was just a different thing. I'm <laughs> so confused. Um, But they did know like, they don't, they think it's, um, they're really upset about it.
1: They didn't want um, their any any cereal mm-hmm. to be associated with a hangover or or uncontrollable eating.
0: Well, they were uh they felt like it was just um they felt like it was just terrible. Uh and that how could they launch their product um, with me having tweeted such a terrible fucking thing. And <laughs> I mean, was like, um, what? Like, i I mean, it was just like, okay, it didn't seem like that big of a deal, but okay. But you deleted it and... Oh my God, I deleted it within like two hours. It was like not even... That big of a deal. It wasn't a viral
1: sensation, that tweet.
0: You guys, the tweet had like 45 likes. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <gasps> uh, so anyway. So then I get a call from my agent. And she's like, I think that you might need to write an apology to the man who's the president of the company. And I was like, excuse me? Um, they'd really like you to write an apology to the president of the company. I was like, are you kidding me? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh it, This went on. I mean, when I tell you this went on for like so long back and forth and then he wrote you guys, I'm just going to read you like some bits and pieces of the <laughs> response that I got back. And I literally was like, I'm so sorry. I obviously wasn't think- like, first of all, this is like why people love me. Because like, you know, a bitch contains multitudes. You know what I mean? Right, like, okay, right. I love cereal. I hate, you know, like, I love your cereal. I don't think anyone's going to like, this is not, the way they were treating it was as if I had posted like something racist. Right. You know what I mean? Like that right. I or I had posted like um like a deeply like that I would like the response I got was swifter and more harsh than what Kanye got for any of the anti-Semitic shit. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Truly. I mean, yeah, it took
1: it took people longer to decide to stop doing business with Kanye than it did for this cereal so, company to be like So
0: listen, ma'am. They were they were okay. The response included such lines as I appreciate your note and your explanation of your post. As you know, it has taken me a little time to get back to you as our team has continued to think through the implications of your post from all angles. I mean, this is, they just, they can't. (laughs) We'd love to move forward but this is hanging us up. We've had a number of conversations with the team and the agency. We haven't been able to find a solution that allows you to remain authentic. (laughs) We're not going to proceed. We don't want to be in a place where authenticity could be called into question. I'm like, nope, we're good. It's not, nope. (laughs) This is a tough spot for us to be in. We've invested a lot of time and money. I wanted to pick your brain to see if you had any suggestions on what we can do to make this better. Would love to hear your thoughts. This is like the president of a fucking company. So then what it came down to, so I was like, yeah, I think it's fine. Like I honestly legit think it's fine. I love cereal. Like it's all a, Piece of who I am. Like, dude, I don't know what to say. This is... And also, it
1: hadn't been announced at that point that you were even working with the cereal company, so people would have had two weeks to forget about it. Correct?
0: It would have been... No one would have fucking... (laughs) It was a nothing. It was nothing. People were going to be like, I remember two weeks ago when she said she ate too much cereal when she was drunk and that she wasn't going to keep it. uh, Yeah, I mean... It was so wild and over the top. But wait, I just want to say this. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then I was like, I mean, I got, I, I, okay. I I mean, I can't tell you what to do with your business, but okay. And then they were like, and we're not going to pay you the rest of Mm. the money that you contractually are obligated to. Right. For the work that you've done. Right. I had done all the, like the only right. thing that was going to be, the only step that was going to be missing were the paid posts, which by the way, the amount of money that they owed me was far greater than what I get to post for a brand. Right. And then, interestingly enough, that product never came out. They never oh, launched it. Oh,
1: interesting. Ever. Did you destroy a cereal?
0: No. I think that the cereal was destroyed before my tweet. And they- uh, They were looking were, for- They were going to have to pay me no matter- Like, if I hadn't- They would have had to pay me. I was like, pay or play, right? Like, if the cereal wasn't coming out because of- Because it wasn't testing well or people- They decided not to- what For whatever reason, they decided not to have that cereal come out. Right. Like, they still would have had to pay me. But because of this, like- fake controversy they literally got out of paying me a huge amount of money and when my lawyers like were into it they're like oh yeah they're totally in arrears like this is not cool basically the lawyers for their company which is like a big company they had in-house lawyers knew that the amount of money I would have to pay my lawyers right would to recoup to recoup would would go past right what i was getting paid which so is how it big
1: companies always which is, get
0: anyone which is how big companies fucking get you and i was just like i literally cannot believe this this is so shitty and then when they scrapped the whole product and fired their agency their ad agency um. my uh my agent was like My gut is that they, for whatever reason, like they weren't getting tracking on the product or it wasn't like, it didn't seem, people weren't into it in like market research and testing. Yeah. And, and they just wanted to scrap the whole thing and just be done with it and try to not pay you that last chunk anyway, because it was like, because they didn't want to waste any more money. Right. But it was insane.
1: It was insane. Here's my take on it and like, you know, this is just one woman's observations, a bystander's observations. Well, the you were there. You had like was, a front row seat. <laughs> the letter that came back from the president of the company, which I think we're all learning that presidents of companies maybe aren't um the most balanced all the time, you know, and and shouldn't be the the public face of their companies and and shouldn't um shouldn't be allowed to be you know (laughs) like I think that's what we're learning but that letter from him read to me like um the words of a jilted boyfriend at the time I was like this seems like (laughs) this seems like a guy
0: that you know
1: It didn't seem like a a professional serial relationship to me.
0: A professional serial relationship. (laughs) No.
1: No. It seemed more like literally they were taking it he was taking it really personally.
0: (sighs) And like is the truth.
1: Like, his heart was a little wounded, which I found hilarious. But then it made me think of, and I've been in this situation before, and you tell me, it made me think that sometimes people who are in charge of companies have big ideas, and they really, like, they really, um, you know, they advocate for something. They champion an idea that everybody's not on board with. And sometimes, like, that maybe, just say in this case, I'm just theorizing, in this case, it might involve a questionable serial that nobody really sure. believes in. And sure. then it might involve, like, getting this celebrity that a particular person really, really likes and who has the power to say yes Uh come aboard and do the advertising for it. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else is like, "This cereal sucks. We don't know about like this. Li-. You know what I mean? So then like when they come, when the brand comes to watch everything, they're weird about it because it's like a weird situation. You know, it, I've been in this situation before and I've been on both sides of it too. I've been on both sides where like somebody really powerful champions you or champions a product or both. For whatever reason, the person that – the people that work for that person are like, I'm not on board with this. Like, I didn't – I feel like my input wasn't respected or whatever. And so then they weirdly, like, take it out on the product or the person that the powerful person was like, I love this. I love all this. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I I do. That's what I feel like is the vibe of, like, what happened. Like, And I think it kind of agrees with the theory about, like, nobody being on board with the serial
0: to begin with. And I think they just decided, like, what's the version where we just get out of this shitty cereal without wasting all the money that we've already wasted on this shitty cereal? Right. And, and so it was like, just like a lucky break for them that you got drunk. They, and Yeah. They had a lucky break and then, like, just never paid me <laughs> <laughs> for work I did. Because, like, technically, like... The commercial things that I shot that full day of work, yeah, was like what i was what that second chunk of money was for, and I never and I did it, I did that full day, right those
1: let me ask you this does do you that think, does that brand have a cereal that you do like
0: I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but yeah.
1: I think you should shoplift a box of that cereal every week of your life for the rest of your life.
0: In perpetuity?
1: Yeah. I don't to get your, your money back.
0: It's not going to, won't even scratch the surface. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It won't even scratch the surface. I could shoplift a box Cereal is expensive. <laughs> honey. Honey. Well, let me just, let's just do the math real let's fast. Math. Hold on. I'm just going to look it up. I'm just going to look it up. Hold on. Let's just, I'm going to do the math. I'm going to do the math for you right no. I mean, tbh, t- t- I have sort of stopped buying that cereal for a long time. Um, yeah, because of have beef
1: with that company. No, why are you going to give your money to that company that robbed you?
0: No, I don't know why. I of would, your money. I would, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. Although I have now that I'm looking at all of the different ones, yeah. Mm. So rude. You'll forget. So fucking rude. Honestly, (laughs) just rude. Rude. You know that lady that
1: helped you um, carry your groceries from the grocery store? You should tell her this whole story and just tell her that you're planning to steal a box of that cereal (laughs) every day if you have to. And I feel like she'll look the other way and have your back on that.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Just, it doesn't matter what. You can give I, the, give the actually, cereal to someone who's hungry. You can keep yeah, a box no, true, for yourself every once in a while. Just I just think you need to shoplift your way back into the... I have
0: to tell you something. Back
1: into the black. Out of the red. You what?
0: You might have to cut it. What? They make... <laughs> <laughs> I got such bad fucking. I like was just so, so sick from it last night. Oh my god. Okay, six dollars and seventy nine cents. <clears throat> Hold on, I got this. I got this. Um, six point seven nine equals. I would need to shoplift roughly thirty thousand boxes of cereal. Wow, that's like, yeah. I mean, I.
1: I'm going to say a box a day for 10 years, just every day.
0: Um, Listen, make it about more than just the holidays this year with the perfect gift. The gift of health from Everlywell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would like to get Everlywell for a gift. I, I mean, know. I already I've already used it, but I would like to, you know, I think it's a great gift.
0: It is a great gift because there's vitamins and supplements and over 30 at-home lab tests that you can gift, like food sensitivity and women's health. Health. I think it's a really good way to tell someone in your
1: life that you've been listening to them about their concerns about themselves.
0: I also think like I've had moments with people where I'm like, with friends of mine where they're like, I don't even know where to start. Like I right. feel like I should do. And I, that's what I love about Everly. Well, it's digital healthcare it's designed for you personalized results accessible tools and those lab tests like sometimes it's hard to get like a doctor to just give you the test that you want i'm not <laughs> right. kidding I'm no, sorry. You're right. it's true you're right sometimes you're like right but can you just test and they're like yes but first we're going to do 4000 other things and that'll be a $1000 and you're like <laughs> but I just want my food sensitivity. I know
1: there's something weird going on. Right. Nobody Um, knows your body better than you. And it was such a cool thing for me to have like food sensitivities that I suspected confirmed with the Everly Well test.
0: I know. And here's the thing, guys, the products ship straight to you, or if you're giving it as a gift, ship it straight to your loved one. You don't even have to worry about it. With everything needed in one package, um, if you're ordering an at-home lab test, the sample gets collected at home and then you ship it back in a certified to a certified lab in the prepaid envelope included with the test. It's super easy and then digital physician reviewed results are sent straight to you or, you know, you can send them to your doctor, too. So like you can all look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Over a million people have trusted Everly Well to support their health and wellness goals. And now you can do it and you can help your loved ones to do the same. So I know I personally am a fan. Yeah. I love it. And, uh, and I do think it's a great gift. The gift of health has never <laughs> been so easy to share than it is this holiday season. For listeners of our show, Everly Well is offering a discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash best. That's everlywell.com slash best for 20% off your next at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash best. Foria, foria, foria. I love it. Foria, we love you. Foria, we love you. But mostly, we love having better sex. <laughs> <laughs> But mostly, we love having bigger and better orgasms. Yes,
1: I feel like the holiday season is a time for maybe more sex. I hope. I hope that people are giving themselves the gift of that.
0: And uh, you, I really do. It's a great gift. It's a great gift. <laughs> and and here's the deal, guys. Better sex starts with Foria. People might not even think they need it. They're like, oh, we're good. We got, we, we got it. We got it down. We're good. We're good. It can be better. What if you I told know you it what can good be better? Coria <laughs> uses all natural and plant-based ingredients to intens- intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort or dryness. Sometimes people have that. Yeah. They have a cult following of tens of thousands of people who've had their sex lives transformed through their products. And they have amazing testimonials online that we highly recommend you checking out. They're just a fun read. I'm going to be honest. I mean, TBH. It's a great (laughs) read. (laughs) Coria products are made to help people with vulvas fully experience their sexual pleasure from heightened orgasms to more sexual comfort. They have the Awaken Arousal Oil. It's like the ultimate pleasure pregame. It is uses CBD and warming, sensation-inducing organic botanicals that enhance arousal, sensitivity, pleasure, access to orgasm, and help with any discomfort. Best of all, just turns you on. Guys, don't take our word for it. Get into it yourself. Also, great stocking stuffer for your friends.
1: Yes, the weekend arousal oil and the sex oil together,
0: amazing. I mean, it's a one-two punch to your (laughs) foot. Anyway... Yes, you have our permission to try it. We want you to. We fully endorse you to go ahead, treat yourself to more deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can as often as possible. You can start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash best or use code best at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash best for 20% off your first order. We recommend trying the Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil. You're going to thank us. I don't like... You know I've never shoplifted anything. You know that about me, right? Have we ever discussed this? (laughs) I've never
1: shoplifted anything either. And I can't believe I'm suggesting it because, you know...
0: Because you know what happened? I did shoplift a pack of gum once when I was like three years old. It's one of my earliest memories. And my mom made me go back and apologize to the store manager and oh, bring it back and then okay. I was so you've mortified. never
1: successfully shoplifted
0: anything Well no, I was a little kid and I didn't know it was <laughs> I didn't know it was wrong. I didn't oh know what gosh. I was doing. I mean to be honest with you, they were playing Billy Jean. I remember this like it was yesterday. <laughs> I was when I tell you 3 years old, I might have been 4. I was 3 okay. or 4 years old. It was in Chicago at a jewel. Okay. They were playing Billy Jean. On the radio, okay. We could so we could find out how old I was because we could Google right when the Billie year that came Jean out was yeah. And I was, my mom was checking out at the grocery store, and I was pretending that the big squares <laughs> on the floor were lighting up as I was stepping on them. Oh. And I spun around and grabbed a pack of gum and put it in my pocket. <laughs> in my head. In the coolest, like, Michael Jackson dance move. Yes, yes. Version. My mom finished checking out. We start walking out. The lady that was behind us in line is like, excuse me, ma'am, your daughter took a pack of gum.
1: Oh, my God.
0: My mother, mortified. Oh, my God. Made me go back and apologize. And maybe it wasn't the manager. Maybe it was just like the lady at the register. Whatever it was, I handed it back. I apologized. I was mortified. Of course. But can I tell you I was more embarrassed because I was like really just thought that I had done something cool. Like (laughs) with the dancing. Like I thought my dancing was like really good. Yeah. And I was like really in my head, like living in that video and lighting up the floor and like spinning. Yeah. And I'm sure I looked like a crazy little kid. (laughs) Like, by the way, cut hard cut to actually just Four year old me with ADHD, like <laughs> spinning, stepping all over the floor. <laughs> and this lady behind me is just like, I'm sure, just like, God, can I just get my fucking, this lady can, she can control her fucking child. So I can just get my groceries on the, on the conveyor belt and get out of here. And I was just like, thought I was like really doing a thing. You know, I thought yes. I was being really, really cool. Uh,
2: and so then
0: when it turned out that I had done something bad, I was, Mortified, like I didn't I, I just couldn't even like process. I was so upset yeah. and so embarrassed, and so then, you know, made a big impact on me, even when all the all the kids went through their shoplifting phases. I was always like, "Never,
1: never I will oh, never do my it. Gosh, you got your start in grocery store music videos very early. Honey,
0: I've always been this person. <laughs>
1: But that is my favorite thing, by the way, and I think that's probably uh, something maybe a lot of you can identify with. I always love the little kid that is doing ballet or doing dance moves in the grocery store or whatever thing they're doing, karate. I love love kids that are so mentally into something (laughs) that they just can't (laughs) stop doing it even though they're in public. Like, they can't stop.
0: I just lived inside my head, though. I was like – my imagination was, you know, and I do think, like, a lot of times I'm, like, bummed for kids with, you know, the uh, with devices, right? Because, yeah. like, boredom is such a gift to children. Yes. Like, that is where you're, that's where you're building all kinds of things. Now, I will say, devil's advocate, pro devices, like, cricket really... Is creative and uses the like all these different programs to like right. build entire worlds and do all that stuff. So like I do think that there's some thing to some of these games, especially like the popular like Minecraft and um, yeah. Roblox, Roblox and 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 Cricket has like editing software now and is like yeah, constantly like
1: really cool things that she's yeah. made little she's animations. Like, and- yeah.
0: She's always doing these like animations and these like different, she'll do edits of like her favorite YouTubers and like yeah. cut together the programs. And I think like, well, that's just outside of her head. Yeah, <laughs> like, Yeah. Like I was inside of my head doing these yeah. things, you know, and yeah. like, Honestly, like, her final product is way more impressive than mine ever was at that age, but... Well, <laughs> well it's not a contest, but
1: uh, oh, Cricket appreciation moment. Um, I think that she... Cricket's doing it right. I think, like, as far as kids and technology, like, she's social on technology. I'm aware of that. But it seems like all of her um, her social... Anything that she does socially on technology is related to being creative or playing a game with someone. Mm -hmm. So she's very productive on technology in a way that I don't think, maybe that's the secret to it. Like, maybe that's the secret to, like, kids being successful with technology is that, like, maybe there has to be some creative component so that, like, the social component has... Something to exist on has a framework to exist on. And so it doesn't turn to just, you know, looks and hating yourself and being weird and competitive like some kids are. I don't know. I know I did used to always, like, yell at my kids, like, what are you doing on your phone? And they'd be like, I'm reading the New York Times. Sorry. You know, so I know kids are doing productive things on technology, but some of it is some of it's shit, as we know.
0: Oh, yeah. There's lots of garbage. Let's be (laughs) real. And there are lots of games that are, like, total garbage, too. Like, even even games that could maybe seem like they're creating are, like, not great. Like, you don't want your kids to be, like, building the perfect, like, girl going out on a date. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right? Like that exactly. is that is actually that is a thing like that. Yes. A game, oh my god.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, what do we what do we really expect from kids though? I mean, we're all scrambling to figure out where we're gonna reconnect on social media if Twitter shuts off in the night now, which is wild. And I'd love to say like, oh fuck it, I'll walk away from it. But I've been on that. I've been on Twitter for years, and there are a lot of people there that like are my Twitter people. You know, it's like a weird thing. It's a weird thing to be like, get on Mastodon or whatever. And I'm like, I I don't know how that works. <laughs> I don't know if I can. I mean, I have a Mastodon account that apparently I'm locked out of. I've had it for years. I didn't remember.
0: What is Mastodon?
1: Mastodon is some other social media that, ha- that someone – invented like years ago but everybody's trying to migrate there but it's very confusing and not user friendly and so you know I'm just saying for kids like what how can we expect kids to be like wise and judicious about what they're doing online when we're like you know like I said I had cramps in my hands from refreshing Twitter last night I certainly didn't quit Twitter last night
0: (laughs) It's been a journey, I guess, (laughs) with um, good old... With with Mr. Mr. Musk. Musk.
1: Although he stayed kind of quiet last night, which was kind of a miracle. Someone must have taken his phone away. I feel like I feel like he's in he's in that area where we're constantly begging for people to get their phones taken away. Maybe someone actually took his phone away last night, or maybe he listened to someone that was like, It's not a good idea for you to tweet through this after you've recommended that people vote for the GOP in this midterm.
0: Well, let's get into that.
1: <laughs> Turns out it, it they people didn't exactly
0: listen to Elon, which is good. Well, news. here's what I'm gonna say. And I just wanna say this. I, I wanna say there are definitely some big wins for the side of progressiveness and equality yeah. and especially bodily autonomy. And uh, there were some really incredible firsts. Yes, uh, first Gen Z elected. First Gen Z elected
1: Uh, to Congress. Huge shout out to Gen Z in general because we would not have had the historic. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say historic showing for an incumbent. You know, a, a presidential incumbent's party. Yep. Uh to do this well in the midterms despite what everyone prognosticated and that uh that thanks goes in large part to Gen Z showing up at the polls in a way that young people have not.
0: Oh my god. No. Prior. And and what's what was really interesting too is that I think a lot of the Gen Zers showed up on the day. Yes. Which is a thing that they typically say is what republic like republicans vote in person on the day. Yeah. Um but I think that that was really surprising. I thought a little bit about that about people saying like
1: oh um kids won't show up or young people won't show up on the day. I was thinking about it uh my son Lincoln is a a Gen Zer. And um, he voted by mail, because here in California, everyone gets a mail-in ballot. I mean, he's 20 years old, so he's been voting for a couple years now. But I was like, have you ever voted in person? Have you ever gone for any election? Mm -hmm. And he said no. So I really, it didn't surprise me, because I think a lot of the kids that were out voting, this is just anecdotal, but a lot of them were like, this is my first time voting.
0: It's a big deal to go vote in person. Well, I was going to say that, too. And I feel like I remember like, uh, vote by mail, and, uh, like, that's, a, like, sort of a relatively... Arizona, by the way, has been doing it forever. My mother has always voted absentee, always. Interesting. That's amazing. Because... But they've been... They've... I mean, their fucking system. I don't even know. And then when I was, like, Maricopa County's having all these issues last night, I was like, guys, get your get, shit together. Get it together. What the fuck are you doing? Um, That... Arizona's going to be one where... We're gonna have to wait, yeah, for a while. yeah. like it's gonna be tough. Um, and we already know that that Carrie Lake is a crazy person, and it she's sort of, probably gonna deny whatever It doesn't even matter. like if she doesn't yeah, like, win. she's gonna, yeah. um but let's start with the good stuff. yeah, first. Thank God John Fetterman. Yeah, that was defeated so... the puppy killer, Botox to the hilt.
1: Organ holder upper possible Organ serial killer. I don't upper It's my free speech to say that I think Dr. Oz might be a serial
0: killer, right? Former heart surgeon <laughs> Glad it, I'm, I don't want him anywhere near my body. New Jersey Cavity. resident running <laughs> in running in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Uh, Donald Uh, Trump, favorite. I heard he
1: was blaming Melania, I read, this morning. that Dr. Oz was? No, that Trump (laughs) was like Melania was the one that supported Dr. Oz, and it wasn't one of her best ideas.
0: Oh, please.
1: He will throw anyone under the bus. He really
0: will. Well, they don't like each other, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, that's true. Look forward to more fake Melania pictures and more pictures of Melania slapping his hand away.
0: Um, but John Fetterman, so, so glad. Yeah. Maggie Hassan held on to her seat. These are just the people I'm getting emails from. So I like felt yeah. invested. Here's what I'm going to say. I think, uh, Sherry Beasley in North Carolina, who I did a live with, um, I think Sherry could have done it if she'd had a bit more funding yeah. and a bit more, uh, visibility. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I literally, I really think that. Um, I really think she could have pulled Pulled through, yeah. If and a little bit more like groundswell, people getting North Carolinians, Carolinians, uh, into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the Arizona side, Mark Kelly looks great. Like he's, I think he is the projected winner. Fingers
1: crossed. We're recording this on. Wednesday. And... Fairly early. And it's early in the morning. And so, so many of the races are still out, are still being counted. And it's... I always feel like after election night, things that remain to be counted, people are like, ugh. Like, that, it's no rush. So who knows how long it will take to find out. But yeah... If you if you weren't paying attention to returns um, last night, which is now like two nights ago, go to our friend Shannon Watts's Twitter feed. If you're on Twitter and just look because she was shouting out every gun sense candidate in every we
0: have a lot. I mean, we got a lot. There are this is the thing like there are a lot of wins. There are a lot of big wins and there are a lot of things to celebrate. There's going to be a runoff in Georgia. Guys, who's with me? Let's go knock on some doors the weekend before. I'm down to get into some fucking brawls at Houston's. I will (laughs) take my seat at the bar and I will sit there from Friday until fucking Monday and I will fight with whatever motherfucker wants to come sit down next to me at Houston's in Atlanta. Um, I think Raphael Warnock's
1: gonna win that runoff. It is so
0: damn embarrassing for Republicans and for white people that, Walker is even, like, in the mix. It is embarrassing. You have to, like, be— You should be ashamed (laughs) of yourselves.
1: Seriously. again, it's just the— It's— Without even getting into any of the other bullshit, it's the hypocrisy of, like, Raphael Warnock is literally a reverend, and people are saying that they're, like, voting— the way that they're voting because of like a certain set of beliefs that they clearly do not believe in. So it's the hypocrisy is astounding. But as we know, they are immune to having their hypocrisy pointed oh, out. They don't.
0: No, they literally don't care. Yeah. So which leads us to: Should we talk about my fight in Houston? Oh my god, yes. Because we haven't done a po- we haven't you done, done I've a podcast because I have had a fucking. This week has been a goddamn decade of my life. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Yeah. It's been it's been a decade. It's been the longest most insane like I don't even know how that was less than a week ago. That seems truly crazy. It's crazy because it was last Thursday.
1: Yeah, you texted me and our friend Joe Pernice because Joe and I were busy and I have a text thread with musician Joe Pernice from the Pernice Brothers who we love so much. He played with us in Toronto and we started a text chain just to like sort that logistics, out like, logistics like logistical
0: text thread. And it just turned into like I don't know, are we writing a novel? What are we writing? Like, no, it's just, it just is one so, of the most interesting conversations it's interesting. <laughs> because people bring up because it it sort of goes like each one of us will kind of bring up a new thing every few days that's like just a totally new thing. Yeah. Like a new subject, a new way, a new, introduce a new subject that like <laughs> we're not talking about at all and, and then everyone and then we're just off. runs We're with off it. to the races. And it's such a
1: nice, it's such a nice conversation and Joe is so funny and uh, and smart and, uh, but so anyway, we, Joe and I were like, we were talking about music and like busy was on location working. So you weren't in the conversation because we were like, who knows? She's traveling. What is she doing? We're talking about music. And then you piped in to tell us,
0: guys, <laughs> I just got into a fight with a man at the bar at Houston's that was the, the That ended with like us yelling at each other, and it was really fucking intense. It was like insane. It was actually Atlanta. It was unhinged. Yes, it was in Atlanta. I went back to Atlanta to do my final days on single drunk female, which was fantastic. I am obsessed with Sophia Black Dalia. She is a real star, an adorable (laughs) person. And uh, and really smart And just fantastic Yeah um, And uh, Hi guys I'm gonna drive back to my hotel right now But please just know I got into a screaming fight With a libertarian Who voted for <laughs> Trump tonight At the bar at Houston's
1: <gasps> That's the text that you sent to me That was Joe. the text And
0: we were like Oh my god are you okay Is he okay <laughs> I said yes Uh, contemplated how I wanted to ruin his life because I actually could, but I have decided to, I've had like a whole, the journey that my brain has been on in this past week. Um, So anyway, you know the first time I was at Houston's and I had that interaction with the guy and it went well. And I thought like, and also it it sort of solidified what I thought I knew. And I just want to, first of all, I need to, own to so many of our listeners guys I'm sorry I'm sorry because I I have only encountered one kind of Republican in recent years which is a person who's maybe a little bit more critically thinking yeah and who is still open to what if they're wrong and maybe they need to examine other sides of it. Um, People in my extended family, uh, in Mark's extended family, um, people who, you know, just other, just people. And so a lot of times I think that I have, operated from a place of like if you can be reasonable with people and you can like really talk to them that will that's what you can do the trick you know yeah. yeah so Ian Gomez my old friend from Cougar Town who's on that show as well Um. first of all I had a horrible sinus infection I did right right and I hadn't I went to my doctor and when I went I guess it was like I don't know what was going on, but he was, that was like two weeks ago. And he was like, you look good.
2: Hmm.
0: But then I think with the flying, I don't know what happened. It took a turn. And it was, when I tell you the massive amounts of like green and yellow snot coming out of my face, Mm. it was, and I also just felt insane because it like makes my head feel like it's in a sieve, vice, A vice. a vice. Not a sieve, but maybe also a sieve. (laughs) Maybe your head Um, feels like a sieve in a vice. Anyway, and a vice. In a vice. (laughs) So anyway, I wanted to return to my beloved restaurant to get my veggie burger. Um, And I had texted Ian earlier and I was like, you want to meet me at Houston's? And he was like, yeah, that'd be great. So... We were there and we were waiting for a table, but then they were like, oh, these two seats at the bar showed, like popped up. Do you, yeah. would you guys just want to sit here? We're like, sure, sure, sure. We sit down and I'm sitting next to this gentleman. And oh boy, first of all, when I tell you, because I was with Ian, I wasn't gonna engage with anyone. Right, like it wasn't, right. like the the situation with the guy from the previous Houston's encounter. Right. The one that went relatively okay. Oh my god. That was like I was like just sitting at the bar by myself and he was right. by himself. You know, right. it's like a pl- it's a thing people do there, you know, like they go eat at Houston's at the bar by themselves. <laughs> but I was with a friend, but I was with a friend. So I was like I didn't need to talk to the this random white dude right, right. next to
1: me. Yeah, you weren't trying to you weren't trying to strike up a conversation with
0: it, no. Also, also, I had spent the afternoon volunteering at um, Emory University, uh, with Fair Fight and talking to the college students there, and like had a really, like, mostly great interaction, and was really like, there was just like, this one kid who's who was from LA and like was like. Oh, I just let my mom fill out my ballot and I was like, <gasps> that's literally illegal. You aren't oh allowed my to do that. God. I know. I was like, oh God. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't turn the kid in. Oh my God. But I was a little bit like, Yeah. You can't do that again. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Jesus. Ugh. Anyway. Um As soon as we sat down, this guy was, like, zeroed in on us, you know? Yeah. And he was, like, I know this... From my time spent in Charleston, I know this guy. Like, this guy is a guy I know. He's, like, a guy who owns a boat. He's, like, kind of, like, preppy dressing, but thinks he's cool. Like, he thinks he's, like, cool, you know? Yeah. Probably in his 50s. Blah. Uh... He was really obnoxious, and like, immediate, but you know me, you know me. <laughs> i will I will talk to anyone. I'm my mother's daughter. Yeah, I will chat it up with a person, and I don't want to be rude. You know what right. I mean? Right. And he's there by himself, whatever. And so he's like, "Y'all look like you're not from here. Where are you from?" And now I'm going to say this in retrospect. I don't know if he recognized me or Ian. Right. It's possible. Yeah. He he definitely, if he did know who I was, his I, I don't know. It was all it was all fucking unhinged and crazy. So then I you know, and I'm like, okay, yeah, well, I'm from New York and he is from he lives in LA and we're here and we're working on a TV show. And then he like launches into how like his ties to the entertainment industry through his financing of some shit, right? Which I'm not like gonna get into the specifics right. of it. Yeah, um, tells us his name. Then he like pulls up. He's like, maybe you know the girl I'm dating. And then he like opens his phone, and it's already at like he's googled her name, which I have to say is fucking weird.
1: If like you're dating someone. Shouldn't you just have a pic of them,
0: maybe? <laughs> I know. It was really strange. And she's like, an actress, and she's in her 50s, I guess. I, I didn't—like, re- she's been on some shows. I didn't yeah. really know who she was. And yeah. Ian was like, I do know who that is. Like, I know her. I don't—we've worked together or something. And I don't know. Like, I'm very—the I the, the whole thing in that in that beginning part— You have to remember that when I have a sinus infection, like a little bit, it's like I'm in a fog. You're in another place. I'm in another place. I've been traveling. I have the stress of this impending election. I'm like just trying to make it through the day. So he's like, shows us this girl, tells us this weird story about how he's divorced now and he's dating this girl, but he met her years ago when he was still married and then he prayed to Jesus because he's a Christian. And as soon as he was done, like to help him find his next person. And then as soon as he was done praying, that woman like popped into his head and he was like, I wonder if I still have her number because he had felt like they had a connection, but nothing ever happened because he was married and he's Christian. And I was like, sure, buddy. And then, uh, and then he like, called her up and then she was like, I'm single too and now they're like dating and he's gonna move her here and she can work as an actress and I was just like, okay, this is a lot of information. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And Ian is literally like, busy, stop. Like just, okay, uh-huh. <sighs> and I and I was like, I don't know why I was just feeling like, I don't know. I, I don't know why I didn't want to be rude or I don't know, but also like, sometimes really unhinged people Fascinate me
1: well I, yeah it's like it's like uh your tongue in a tooth hole you know you just want to you a can't little stop. bit
0: <laughs> I couldn't I kind of like was just like uh-huh uh-huh like and then he said something he like brought all this shit up this is what I'm saying like it yeah. felt like maybe in retrospect maybe I'm an idiot maybe it was all a, a point you know yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was maybe it was the plan from the beginning. Yeah. He's going to stick it to these fucking Hollywood liberals <laughs> that are sitting down. Anyway, he like brings up that he's like a Christian libertarian and I was like, okay. Okay. And then he was like you want to know who the best president of all time, who I think the best president of all time was. Oh God. And I was like, oh boy. And I go, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and he's like, it's Donald Trump. Trump. Uh, Isn't that disgusting? Isn't that disgusting? It's Donald Trump. I know, it's disgusting. And I was like, wow, you're really pleased with yourself for supporting someone who's anti-Semitic and racist and horrible, like a, an actual horrible human being who's, like, set us back many years in yeah. so many ways. And he was just like... Now, why was you, you know, I love his policies. I'm a Christian libertarian. I love his policies. And I was like, you love what? Like, what is it that you love? Yeah, what's his your, policies? Name You're your You're brainwashed. <laughs> name your fucking favorite. He, and then he just like is launching into this thing. And I was like, all right, dude. All right, it's enough. You can go now. You're done. You're done. We're done. We're done here. I don't need to engage with this shit. Like, I don't need to do this. I don't yeah. want to do this. Like, there's no point because you're like, you know, I'm like, oh, you're a libertarian for women. Like, you think that women should be like free to make their own choices about things? Yeah. Like, because obviously you don't, obviously you don't give a fuck. Right. You're a libertarian for yourself, for your wallet. Like, fine. That's fine. That's fine. Money is more important to you than people. I get it. I get who you are, dude. I'm a Christian liber. And I was like. That doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. You're a right. fucking idiot. I was like, you're sitting there with your fucking white privilege and you're like shouting this shit at me. And I don't have time for it, dude. Your Privilege? What privilege do I have? I graduated from college with credit card debt. And I was like, <laughs> and then I go, oh, no, you don't know what white privilege is. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. How fucking sad for you. That you're so ignorant. Oh, it is. You're so brainwashed. How do they get to all you at the same time? I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but the only one who's like brainwashed in this conversation is you. Also... Fucking look it up, dude. has nothing to do with your credit card debt when you graduated from college. I worked on a watermelon farm. You don't understand what it's like to be from fucking nowhere and work your whole life. And I've built everything that I have. And I was like, not doesn't have anything to do with your white privilege, dude. Not a fucking damn thing. You can fucking look it up. And he goes, I don't see color. These oh are like God. when I tell you it was the greatest hits, it was like unfucking real. Yeah. And then I was like, I was like laughing, but also just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? There's meanwhile, behind our bartender who served both of us, is like a young black man. He's probably Ugh. in his early 20s. And this poor, like, I was so embarrassed and mortified and like and and grossed. Out that like I was engaging in this shit, that this motherfucker's being so fucking loud with his terrible thing, like terrible views and saying this shit. There was a, uh, you know, there were many people of color, like not, you know, black and brown people in the restaurant right. around us. And in varying, there was a man two seats away who was, you know, a black man eating by himself that had to overhear this fucking insanity from this fucking insane person and uh yeah he doesn't see I don't see color I'm like Martin Luther King and I go oh god I No, I literally this is when I yelled I go get that man's name out of your fucking mouth (laughs) and he's like well you don't know what he stood for I was like I know one thing sir he would not want to have any fucking thing to do with you. Like, get the fuck out of my face. I swear to God, you are a bigot. You're a fucking misogynist and you're an asshole. Like, I can't take this. Anyway, at one point, I mean, he did look at Ian's like, just like eating his ribs, basically. <laughs> like, which was kind of genius and also like blessed. Like, I don't, yeah. He he was kind of just like, pushing me every once in a while, like, just stop. He's like, busy, yeah. please stop, you yeah. know? And and then at some point, the guy, because of course, like, he has to look for, like, a, to a man. You know, yeah. if he couldn't. It was, I was like a whatever to him. Like, I'm nothing. Yes. And... Uh, it's a well-known phenomenon. Sure. And so he was like, you agree with all of this that she's spewing? Like, I wasn't even spewing anything. I was literally just like, you're wrong, Like, you're just wrong. You're absolutely wrong. And uh, Ian just, like, looked up for, like, one second. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, dude. I agree with her. You're pretty terrible. You're a terrible person. (laughs) Like, like, deadpan. Great comedic timing, uh, per (laughs) usual, with Ian. And... uh, Yeah. And then I don't see color. And I was like, Oh my God, you are an idiot. I'm like, you are such a fucking idiot. And I was like, well, enjoy your yacht, enjoy all your money, enjoy your fucking actress girlfriend as long. And he's like, Ian, like, it was such a pleasure to meet you. Like, you know, did like a big show of that Ian's like, I don't, don't feel the same about, about you. (laughs) And, uh, and I, and he was like, I'll tell whatever girlfriend's name that you say that you say hello, and I was like, tell her I say I'm fucking sorry because it's the <laughs> this is the biggest mistake of her damn life, and uh, and then he like left. I mean, there was like a a police officer did come in. I do <gasps> want to say, oh my, and gosh. like stood at the front for the rest of our time there. Um, I like immediately started crying, of course, because like it was I was like humiliated. In so many ways. Like, I was really surprised. Like, I was, like, really surprised, yeah. actually. Like, in the rhetoric that, like, I've heard being in my face with, yeah. by, by someone who, like, also just to talk, like, someone talking to you like that is nuts. Yeah. They don't stand down. They don't. I mean, and. That this is a person who has a ton of fucking money. Right. Who's got a lot of ways to wield that power. Yeah. In our like capitalist society. Right. And he's done some fucking journey gymnastics in his brain. I mean- it's in t- to make it so that, like, this idea of what he, like, quote, unquote, stands for isn't able to be challenged by anything else. Right. And, like, that he's he's good. Like, he's good. He's good. Uh,
1: just imagine, like, he started off trying to schmooze with you guys and impress you, it sounds like. And, like, it took a turn but like just imagine people that he doesn't have the time of day for what he would treat them like right
0: off the bat, you know? I mean, I'm unclear now if he was if he was trying to schmooze us in the in the beginning or if he if it was always the goal to like pick a fight with me or with us.
1: I mean, either way, like he was expecting you to stand down and that's to hear right. the things that he that's wanted right. to say. And it's the conversation right. that we've had so many times. That's right. Which is, like, so many times we go into these things being like, I don't want to be rude and I don't want to, like, make noise or whatever. But then... That's right. Whenever and I you think know about that's it, exactly I'm like, yeah. this person's not doesn't care if they're rude. They don't care if they're making no. noise. No,
0: that's right. And he was the one that, like, he definitely was, like, driving the whole thing from, like, start to finish and... Yeah. Clearly, yes, he was saying these things, expecting me to be polite. Yeah. And be like, oh, interesting. Thanks for telling me. Oh, interesting. Uh Uh-huh. And instead, I was just like, I can't. No. Right. No. It's not happening. And then
1: when that didn't work for him, he goes to Ian to get, like, the mail back up. Ugh.
0: It's just about gifts today. It's just about gifts. It's about great gifts, stocking stuffer gifts, little gifts for your friends, little gifts to show people you care. Easy to gifts, travel with gifts. Easy to travel with gifts, gifts that you just love to give that people love to get. You know what people love?
1: I do, know, but tell us.
0: People love Little Words Project bracelets. They're adorable. They, they do. I love mine. They're cute. and <laughs> uh, And we love them. And Little Words Project is the original word bracelet brand. And it's founded on the belief of being kind to yourself and to others. And I cannot stress this enough. Kindness is something that we all need in our lives all the time for ourselves and for others. Little words are made to be worn, loved, and one day passed on to someone who needs that word of encouragement more than you do. What? That's the best (laughs) part. Each bracelet has a unique code On the tag, and you can register on the website and then you can track where your bracelet goes as it inspires from wrist to wrist. That's so cool. I love them. I have several. I've got an ungovernable (laughs) temper one. (laughs) I love that. I have vote. (laughs) I have birdie and cricket. I have my kids' names. They have regular and you can make custom bracelets. They're great gifts for everyone on your list, and they're an amazing price. Guys. Want to empower yourself and spread kindness to others with the original word bracelet? We know you do. We have a special offer for our listeners. Go to littlewordsproject.com slash busy or enter busy at checkout for 30% off your first order. It's the best offer you can get limited time only. That's littlewordsproject.com slash busy for 30% off your first order. You can also find Little Words Project at Target, Nordstrom, or one of their flagship stores. Thanks, Little Words Project. Did you know that traditional liquid shampoo formulas are just 90% water? That makes sense. Do you know how unnecessary it is to add the water, put it in a plastic bottle, ship it using all kinds of emissions and it's just waste? We don't need it. We don't. But you know what is amazing? Conscious Solid Shampoo and Conditioner. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> they offer a more eco-friendly solution without sacrificing performance. And also they're real cute. It's cute in your shower. I'm just going to say Yeah, they're say like it. little sculptures in your shower. They look I cute. I love it. <laughs> um, Nicole Brown is the Concha co-founder and she spent two decades in the hair industry. And she was just like, struggled to find products that were eco-friendly and high performance. And so she's like, guess what? I'm going to make it myself. Love it. Gonna do it myself. Nicole crafts each concha shampoo and conditioner stone by hand in small batches wow. in her lab in Portland using only the highest quality locally sourced ingredients. Each full-size stone saves four, that's right, four plastic bottles from landfills and lasts over a hundred washes That's
1: amazing. She also sells smaller shampoo and conditioner stones that are great for travel. I'm excited to to pack them and uh, not take
0: up any space in my little liquids bag. Yes. You don't need to. And unlike other shampoo bars, conscious stones are crafted with chic ergonomic designs that like fit perfectly in your palm, look beautiful on your bathroom shelf, smell like nature and they leave your hair healthy and nourished and clean without feeling stripped. Right now, Concha is offering our listeners 15% off on your purchase. Elevate your shower ritual by heading to concha.life. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-A.life. And use our code BEST15 for 15% off your order. Try it out. Again, that's concha.life. C O N S C I A dot life with code best 15. It happens all the time. There used to be, when I lived
1: in Connecticut, there's this local politician who was like, It was interesting because people really liked him and he seemed like a good guy. But then I noticed that every time it was anything that had to do with, like, women's issues or whatever, he was, like, not as liberal as he would make himself out to be, you know? And, and like, misogyny was really his bad spot. But he would go at it with women on – like, me on my Facebook page and, like, other women who I was friends with. And I'd be like, dude, we live in the same town. We know each other from that. But I don't need you fucking talking to my friends from L.A. and New York like that. And then he would be like, you're trying to shut down. The only time he would ever, ever stop is when my husband, Matt, would come on my Facebook page and be like, this is enough now.
0: I'm telling you to stop. And Can I tell you
1: something? What? What I
0: said? What I... I was like really fucked up by it, I have yeah, to say.
1: Yeah, I'm sure.
0: And also the sinus infection didn't help, you know? And like yeah. I because I was just already feeling like very vulnerable, you yeah. know? Yeah, and, like, of course. Weird and whatever. Um and I was it I was like it was really dark for me, like that yeah. night, you know, yeah. later. And Mark had texted me something about the kids or whatever and i like told him what was happening yeah or what had what had happened at dinner yeah and he was like oh my god like are you okay like that's that's like insane like, i'm so sorry you went through that and i said the thing that is like currently making me so sad is that I wished that you had been there because it would have ended immediately. Like, you know, Mark is an eviscerating asshole when he wants to be. (laughs) He really is, you know?
1: Well, it's a talent.
0: Well, he's... Yeah, I mean, he's also like brilliant. So he's just like, he would have just done it in like three simple steps. And because he's a man, like it would have landed.
1: Would have probably ended it.
0: Maybe. And, and, or the guy, or they would have gotten into like a physical fight, in which case I think Mark would have lost. But, um, Not in, like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just being honest. The guy was big. He's not a fighter.
1: Mark's not a. He's not a fighter. physical fighter.
0: He's not a fighter.
1: Um, But yeah, that's, I mean, that's a rough feeling. Well, that's how I always felt when I'm, like, saying to Matt, like, thank you for doing that. But also it sucks that that's the only way to get some guys to stop is to have. A man a step in. A man say, that's enough.
0: Um, and then the kid at the bar, like Ian and I kind of finished eating and talking about stuff and like, you know, I really think about my kids, obviously, who doesn't fucking think about their own kids in these yeah. moments, you know? But I was also like just acutely aware of the dynamics of race in around me in that moment, like in Atlanta, in Georgia, in the South. Yeah. And so the bartender kid was like brought over my check or brought over our check. And I was like, hey, dude, I want to say I'm sorry for starting a fight in your bar. Like, you know, I just like took, took it, you know? Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry I started a fight in your bar. And he was like... I mean, can I be honest? I heard what was being said and, like, I was happy that you were, like, speaking up honestly, you know, obviously, like, I can't ever. Right. Right. And he's like, not just because I'm, like, working. Right. But, like, even if I were sitting next to him at the bar, I couldn't say a thing because I would be a threat and I would be too aggressive and i right. would like end up somewhere else tonight and i right. was like and he's like so i was like yeah you get him <laughs> <laughs> um and that broke my fucking heart yeah it like I, like that was that those two pieces like regardless of the guy being, like, garbage, like, he's a fucking garbage person, whatever. The piece where I knew that if I were a man, it would have been different. Right. And then the other piece where it's, like, that that young black man has to, like, endure trauma over and over and over again. And with the awareness that, like, he can't, he doesn't feel like he can speak up for himself or fight back in any way because it could mean he would be killed, honestly. Right. Who, yeah, who even, you just don't know. And
1: that's like a thing that, that certain people who don't have the privilege that we do have to think about in every interaction that they
0: ever have. How could this go sideways, you know? And I and was that's... just like, I was just, I was ashamed. Like I was just so fucking ashamed. And then when I look at like back to the election today or the results coming in, when I look at the breakdown and I see still, you know, this narrative that they had, that they, whatever the media, I don't even fucking know whoever had spun up that like Stacey Abrams wasn't having black men vote for her. Not Like true. that is not true. Stacey Abrams didn't have white women show up for her.
1: Everyone voted for Stacey Abrams except for white men and white women.
0: That's it. That's it. And that is disgraceful. That is fucking a disgrace. And I, I I don't know. I, I don't know how to like, I I don't know what we do here. I'm I'm trying to like. I don't. I don't know what we do here either because I think
1: that Beto, who you mentioned, um, who who didn't win his race in Texas, Stacey Abrams, I think these are amazing people and they're amazing to have in our party, but now they've tried a few times and 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 several times. I guess in the case of Beto, three times he's tried and hasn't been victorious. So I don't know where what what for them personally, the next steps are.
0: Well, it's a national stage. Right, I right. Stacey and Beto both could do like a job with, I don't know. Yes, they could
1: be appointed to something or... Yes, which I I totally agree with. I don't know what their choice will be. Um, But what I do want to say is that them running did make a difference. It did make a difference. And even though they didn't win their individual races, they helped out people down ballot who did win their races in some cases. And uh, they got people impassioned and involved in a way that, the fact that Beto was even within swiping distance in Texas, you know, it's, it doesn't happen all at once. It takes time. It takes time to build up a party. So we we need people to not get discouraged. So I just want to, I do want to say, I see a lot of, and again, this is on Twitter, but these are like people that I know and have known for years, like just saw off Florida, forget about it. Florida's going to Florida. Texas is going to Texas. No, we cannot do that. We need a 50-state strategy There are good people in Texas. There are good people in Florida. There are obviously good people in Georgia. And they are part of our numbers for good that we're always talking about. And we can't just dismiss them. Not everybody can just pick up and move to a different state. People, that's where they're from. Their heart is there. They are Americans. And they worked really hard. And they are facing some really huge disappointments today. And yeah. some uphill battles in the future. And I just feel like the last thing they need is for people that should be their support system through this, just discounting them and dismissing them because they fell a little short in the end in spite of, like, all the bullshit that these candidates had. And, by to... the
0: way, and the out-buying. Yes. I mean, that's like, this is the piece. I mean, you look at even the L.A. mayoral, election, the disparity of the money for these Republicans, the Republican candidates and the money that the other, the Democratic candidates have, I mean, a hundred million dollars on the L.A. mayor race that guy spent? Insane. And and how much did uh, Karen Bass end up...
1: I mean, it's, I think like at the end, I think I, I think I read she spent like a 10th of what he spent. I don't know if that's true, but it's insane. Um, One thing that I'm thinking is like, until we get all of this money out of politics, should we be making political ads and getting some of that money? (laughs) Like, should all of us, should we be forming, like, I don't even know what, like, uh, consultancies or whatever, taking that money and then reinvesting it, like, back into—it seems insane. Like, this election has to have been one of the highest spending elections for how much was—on both sides, how much was poured into these elections nationwide— Right. and it just seems it seems wild that they have the money in the first place and then i'm like where is the money going who's getting that that's all like the, like these consultancies and like i mean local printing shops that are printing up flyers like they're not getting rich from this so what's happening i just think there's there's got to be some kind of clever scam where somebody smart could take the money and reinvest it back into our side. But I don't know. I mean,
0: I, I do want to say, like, here's, here's... Here's what we're looking at, like, in these state races, like, for governor, okay? Yeah. In Kansas. Um, the Democrat, Laura Kelly, is vying for reelection. okay? Yeah. She has 400... With 95% reported... 480,172 votes. The Republican has 466,401. That is a difference of 13,771 votes. That's it.
1: And then when you look at the financial disparity
0: and then look at the financial disparity.
1: We could do that too. I
0: don't <laughs> know how to do that. You'd have to you have to do that. It's, um
1: I mean, well just in every case, it's like so many of so many Democratic candidates were so far outspent by their competitors, and the races are tight.
0: So far outspent. Um, I know, like how much did Abbott spend?
1: Greg Abbott spent in the 2022 election season. Greg Abbott had $194,166,111 in contributions. He had total loans of $5,104,513. Wait, I'm sorry. Wait,
0: what? What's What? How much money?
1: His total expenditures were $235,760,564. $236 million? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. And how much did Beto spend his total expenditures?
1: Beto O'Rourke spent roughly 60 million dollars on
0: his campaign. So two- 60 million.
1: Yeah. I, versus that's...
0: 236 million. Yeah. And Beto yeah. only lost by 893,000 votes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. So, Shocking, Beto. Couldn't pull that out. Yeah. With... Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, what the fuck? I mean, listen, that's why
1: people are constantly talking about corporate funding and getting taking money out of elections. But that will be hard to do until we get really strong majorities across the board because republicans want to keep all that money in politics so in the meantime like what do we
0: do what do we do i literally don't know because this seems obscene it's like have i talked to you about um these like fundraising galas my new my feeling about it i think we've talked a
1: little bit about it i'm just like over it like yeah i'm i've long been i've long been over them
0: yeah, like, I mean, why I'm not, do you like, have to
1: put on a part? Like, why do you have to spend money on a no. party?
0: Here's what I say. Here, here's what I would say. Like, I loved the thing that I did for ACLU. It mm-hmm. was like so fun. You could go for very. In- the tickets were inexpensive to very expensive, if you. Yes, eat. but it was like a show, and it honored people doing the work at the ACLU, and then also they had like the people who are the heads of the ACLU coming out and like basically explaining what's going on and how to be participatory.
1: That's like an award show with a fundraising component. And by the way, it's the ACLU. It's not like Greg Abbott. You know, No,
0: but I mean, like, there's, like, you know, I'm involved in some charity things that still hold, like, big fucking to-dos where people, you know, spend thousands of dollars to, like, get dressed up and thousands of dollars on their table and, you know, like, that whole thing. Yeah. Which, I mean, I haven't personally gone to in a while. But, like, I don't know. For me, I just feel like I've hit this point where I'm like, this is all obscene and stupid and missing the point. And, like, I don't have any interest in doing it. I don't want to... I don't want to do it. I I don't want to do it. Well, it's
1: so hard, right? Because every time we've ever heard, in politics, right, if you follow politics, every time you've heard, like, a leaked tape of something scandalous that someone said, that some candidate said, everything's come from a high dollar, donor, per plate Fundraiser that some politicians, you know, been speaking candidly and thinking that they were off the record with a bunch of big spenders, and uh, is that a way to try to, to try to run for and win the electorate? I don't think it is, but everybody is locked in this battle of doing it because if you want to be competitive. If you want to raise $60 million so that you can even be competitive with the guy who has $235 million, then that's what you have to do. But it's, it fucking sucks because then those people get to influence or get to try to influence uh, these. People's platforms and, and to try to elicit promises of influence should they be elected. And it really leaves out like the regular people that were standing on fucking line for six hours to vote in Michigan last night or however, you know. Did you did you see that? Like how long the lines were in Michigan that people no. like people voted at like midnight or two AM or something because Well, I wanna
0: give Michigan their flowers because uh I was a bit concerned about Prop 3. That was the abortion proposition, making the amendment to the Constitution and enshrining abortion in that state. I was concerned. And Michigan voters, you know, overwhelmingly said yes. Yes. Vermont Uh, also. uh, Vermont also, which, but also, Vermont was already, already had great, uh, abortion laws in place and this yeah. was just like another amendment to the constitution. New England
1: had a great night overall. But yeah, the way. California,
0: California Prop 1 um and then Kentucky voted no on the anti-choice amendment to the constitution, amendment 2. And that was another one that I was like it was Michigan and Kentucky. I was like a little bit like mostly most nervous for. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean People, this is, again, remember when I was at that event for uh, Gillibrand yeah. and I said that I think that this has been a miscalculation of yes. Republican politicians and that one lady was like, it's not. They're getting exactly what they want. I think we're going to see a shift now. They're going to shift
2: I it's, think so It's too. not, it
0: hasn't worked out the way that they thought it was going to. It they're has gonna not galvanized. Have, they're they're going to have to shift. They have to, they have to, because people in Kentucky, like it is a staunchly, like if you, if you surveyed the people right. in the state, right. it is, it, it would survey as a very anti-abortion state. And people really fucking showed up to be like, no, wait, guys, but what? But then in the no. booth. Yeah. No, 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 no. Then no. in the no, booth. No, no,
1: no. And I just want to like, say this. I want to say one thing one last time because I know even some people on our side uh, did a little punditry on, on the the Sunday morning shows saying, I think our side has to stop pushing the abortion thing. I It's not. Who fucking said that? I'm not going to say I'm going to kill them.
0: I'm going to go fucking kill them. (laughs)
1: But people were saying abortion isn't what people care about. The economy is what people care about. And so we need to talk about the economy, Mm -hmm. even in a, in a, the most generous interpretation, people were saying we need to focus less on abortion and more on the economy. Abortion rights and reproductive health care are inextricably tied to the economy. The economy will never solve everything for everyone because all of the things individually that people are fighting for are all inextricably tied to the economy. And so we have to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time.
0: And Abortion is an economic issue, by the way. Yes, yes. I mean, racism is, is an
1: white supremacy is an economic issue. Economic
0: issue. A hundred percent. A hundred percent.
1: So we need to stop telling people that they have to put their individual concerns aside in favor of the economy because that's all anyone cares about. Because obviously that is not true. Resoundingly, the country no. said we care about reproductive people, rights. We care and about we, people. We care about people. Equality. Inequality. And, 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 you know, and showed that they have a fairly astute perspective of the economy and understanding that right now the economy inflation feels not great, but that inflation is high the world over and it has really nothing to do with who's in office. It has more to do with corporate price gouging, which uh, the the president and your local politicians don't really get to set those prices for, for gas and goods and groceries. So, you know, so I'm, I'm proud of people because I think people read much more deeply than, uh, than they were being given credit for and had a much better understanding of the situation that we are in than they were given credit for.
0: I 100% agree with you. And I want to go back real fast. (laughs) to my what ultimately became like my realization from the debacle at Houston's. (laughs) Because I was like genuinely fucked up by it. Like for the reasons that we've already talked about and also just being confronted with someone who doesn't care about anyone but themselves was really disconcerting for me. And I like couldn't, like I could not stop crying the next day Um. Similarly, also like or parallelly or what a whatever. Um, Bertie's been having another situation in class with a boy, another boy, a new boy this year that because they're doing a unit on gender an identity. And this this boy has been very like You know, first of all, middle school boys just are idiots. But, you know, this guy that I sat next to is proof that they also can grow up and be... Remain idiots. Remain idiots. Um, And it's been really hard for Birdie. Like, it's taken, like, an emotional toll on the kid. Um, Because Birdie, like me, fundamentally feels like these aren't hypotheticals. Like, this isn't just, like, a fun what-if Right. For this is real. And like It's what is. It's what is. Exactly. Um and so the next day I was working and I was so grateful to be working with Sophia because she's just lovely. And I was on like day two and a half or three of my antibiotics. And I no, day two and a half of my antibiotics, and I was starting to feel a little bit better, but still kind of like weirdly spacey. And and I just like was very emotional and kept crying. And and then I Got off of work way earlier than I thought I was going to be. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go home so I can see my kids and see Bertie and make sure Bertie's okay. Cause I knew that this thing was happening like weirdly, sort of concurrently with what I was going through. Yeah. And I did. And then the next day on Saturday, Bertie and I spent like a big chunk of our day together where we had kind of like an intense, Talk about school for next year, about high school. Yeah. yeah. And Bertie was like, I know you want me to stay. I really want to go away. I really want to go to Sweden. And I, I really don't want to be in the United States for high school. And I really want to just try it. I want to try it. I could be wrong, but I want to try this. Yeah. And I realized like okay, I have like I've gotta I have to like come to terms with that right. you know,
1: right, right,
0: which is so um, hard. it's so fucking hard I like okay, like came like came full circle on it, and then I had this realization that like as with my with my kid, with all of these people like. We there is a fucking, there are these guys, there's Houston's, you know, like he exists, he's out in the world. And I just had this like total, I went from feeling like completely defeated and bummed and sad and like leading up to this election and like all of the stuff, all the chitter chatter from the media and all the doomsday, blah, it's going to be a red wave and all this shit. And I was like, you know what? All we can do, it's from like from literally from Hoffman Institute, from everything is love. Like it's just fucking love. It's all it is. All we can do is love and support those around us, those who see differently. We don't have to like those people and I don't have to like engage with Houston's, but like I truly feel like the more we get sort of wrapped up into this cycle of, of fear and like, and, and depression and it's never going to, and and worrying and fretting. And now, now Biden's definitely going to lose. Like fucking it's enough guys. It's enough. We have to like essentially do a Care Bear stare we got a Care Bear stare this shit out and it's all we can do. That's all we can do. And I just like, I had this fucking wild realization that I'm going to really try to hold on to this because love is like what changes the world. It is. It always comes back to that. When people are about to die, it's like you ask them what they say. It's like, it's all love. Everything's about yeah. love.
1: Yeah. That's it. Love is also like, you're putting love out there. You know what I mean? You're turning things outwards, And when you're fearing something, you're turning it in to yourself. And then that makes it about yourself when you, you know what I mean? Like whenever I start to be like, like, and I despaired, like, I'm not going to lie. I think you were very nervous about the election. I think I was paying attention to people that weren't that were, like, flying below the radar saying, like, this is going to be better than we think it is. And so, But you know me. I never believe anything until the check is deposited in the bank and I see the balance. So I was still nervous and had to eat oatmeal while the returns were coming in, even though I knew, like, what I thought was going to happen. But every time I I started to feel bad because every time I got fearful and felt like crying or felt like,
0: Just whatever. I was like, oh, I'm making this fucking about myself. Right. And that was my realization from Houston's, from the guy at Houston's. It was all about him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, it's not all about me. Right. It just isn't. It's about everybody. Right. Oh, gifts. Gifts are happening for the holidays. I love that. Gifts are happening for the holidays. <laughs> this is, I don't know if that's gonna, but guys, get into the gift giving earlier rather than later. You won't have to be stressed about it and we've got the perfect thing. Framebridge. Love Framebridge. I love Framebridge so much. Framebridge makes it easier than ever to custom frame everything that matters without ever leaving your house if you don't want to. (laughs) Which means you can easily give a very thoughtful gift this holiday season. I personally have been lucky enough to have a ton of incredible experience with the people I love. And I'd like to do something special for each of them. And you know what? Framebridge is how I'm going to do it. It's the perfect (laughs) way to frame what matters most to them. So whether it's like a selfie with your best friend, a jersey, like a basketball sports jersey. Yes. a d- anniversary dinner menu or like a funny thing you drew, consider framing it with Framebridge. Give them a gift only you could give. Uh I frame bridged so much stuff. I can't even, I don't even know where to start at those those for your, for your mom, for your sister. You I frame bridge it all, guys. I frame bridge it all. <laughs>
1: I think it's so good. I also love frame bridging unconventional things that aren't just you know flat photos because I think a lot of things that we hang on to as mementos deserve to be displayed. So almost anything you can think of, frame bridge can put it in a frame for you so that you can hang it on your wall and display it and give it the honor it deserves.
0: A reminder of how it works if you don't remember. You go to framebridge.com, you upload your photo. If you have a physical piece like a poster or like Casey said, you know, something else like a ball of yarn, I don't know, <laughs> that you want that you want to frame, um, they send you complimentary packaging to safely mail it in. You preview your item in dozens of frame styles. You choose your favorite or you get free designer help. The experts at Framebridge custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece right to your door or better yet, to the person who's receiving its door, <laughs> which is amazing It because then you're not paying for the shipping too. And instead of paying hundreds at a framing store, FrameBridge starts at $39 plus free shipping. Come on. It's amazing. You order online or you can stop by a FrameBridge store near you to work with a designer in person, which I've also done and I love. Get started today. Frame your photos. Give someone the perfect gift this holiday season. Go to framebridge.com and place your order today. Zoc Doc. Guess what? Guess what? What? My new friend Jen needed a doctor. Mm-hmm. And I sent her to my Zoc Doc, but I made her book it through Zoc Doc. <laughs> oh great. <laughs>
1: well, it's the easiest because way. To it's book just a the easiest way to book a
0: doctor's appointment. Duh. It really
1: is. It really is. Cannot recommend Zocdoc highly enough. It kind of makes me feel like I have a personal
0: assistant. When you listen to me. Listen to me right now. Before you book a, a reservation for dinner with your friends, for brunch, you like Look at the things that are available on the web on the sites on the reservation on the resi site whatever they're called there's a bunch yeah. of different ones that you can use yeah you look at the you look at what's available, you do your research, you're like, "Oh, I need this kind of food to I want to eat this kind of food I don't want that I don't want this. I want something that's this I don't want to pay that much i've got that Zocdoc doc is. The same thing, but for doctors. (laughs) But important. Do you understand? (laughs) But but like actually matters. But but actually friggin' matters. Because you see real patient verified reviews, you find the right doctor in your network, which also can be such like a thing to try to figure out sometimes. You know they're going to take your insurance. You know they can see you. They have an appointment. Many doctors have appointments as soon as like that afternoon or the next day. And when you need a doctor, you need a doctor. Like that's just what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it is honestly the most pain-free way to find a new doctor, to get in to see someone that I, I mean, I... I cannot recommend ZocDoc enough. Casey and I both are, are avid ZocDoc users. Huge fans. We, we are fans. It's a free app too. <laughs> ZocDoc is a free app that shows you the doctors who are patient reviewed, it take, that take your insurance, that are available when you need them, that, that are, you know, specialized in the thing that you need. Yeah. Read the reviews
1: to, of other you patients. You can read the
0: reviews. You know what you're going to get. Listen, and, guys, I can't, we got to do it. You just got to do it. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy, easy as any app that you use to do anything.
1: Anything you use to like order a ride or get food delivered or whatever.
0: You book a reservation at a restaurant, like my earlier analogy. Just as, just as easy to use ZocDoc. Just as easy. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. I'm one of them. Casey's one of them. It's our go-to whenever we need to find and book a quality doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com slash doingherbest and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc, zocdo com slash doingherbest, ZocDoc.com slash doingherbest. Thank you. And nodding along, just joined us. Just joined us. Via We're the so Zoom. excited. We're so excited is our guest today, our very special guest, my dear friend Sarah Jones, her brilliant movie, Sell By Date, streaming now. Get into it. <laughs> Get into it. Hi, Sarah. Right.
3: Jones. I'm right here. Can you hear me? Am we I, can I can hear, hear you. you. I've been nodding. I'm like a bobblehead doll. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like oh, and I'm imbibing everything I'm hearing about just the love part because, yeah, I, I think about how, especially as women like we kind of don't have the luxury of despair, right? We yeah. don't really have the luxury of like self-centered, uh, because so often we're the ones holding up the world as you both talk about, you know, so well. I mean, I'm remembering an episode where, <laughs> I think you were talking about like, yeah, mothers don't even realize they're sick. I'm not, that's a whole other thing. Like we need, totally. To, but that thing of like, we power through, it's almost like, what if joy, what if it's like, we must, power through with love, with fucking joy practices, with like some kind of, you know, like irrational resilience. Like I'm going to be irrationally fucking self-loving around this. You know what I mean? Almost like that's my defiance. Like I'm going to love me. I'm going to love you fucker. Like I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to love you. Like, I'm just, you know
1: what I mean? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that, like, having joy and finding time for joy doesn't mean that you don't care about everything that's hard. It actually means, like, you care more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that you're like, I have to make it okay for me to live to fight another day. And I also have to demonstrate joy for other people that, like, they might need it. They might, I think, we saw this. We saw this with, like, all of the doomsaying and, like, the the polls and, like, flooding everything with bad polls that people felt weren't accurate but the media ran with it, that is voter suppression in a way because it makes people oh, feel 100%. like this is useless. Nothing that I do will matter. And, like, if me, like, dancing down the street and singing or whatever because I'm feeling it in that moment, that's, like, the opposite of suppression. That's, you know, I just – I think we have to pay close attention and we have to watch – you know, Sarah, I always call it handing people dirty plates, like when you're when you have bad energy and you're like just like, here, hold this dirty plate and here, hold this other dirty plate. And sometimes you've unloaded on someone so much that they like their arms are going to break off, you know, and mm-hmm. I feel like we we might have been passing out a lot of dirty plates over over the past um election cycle. And so I I think you're so smart, Busy. I really want to I want to turn that around for myself. Uh-huh.
0: I think we I like do think we all have taken the bait, you know. Yeah. I think that, and it's hard not to. I don't. I'm not. No one is guilty of of taking the bait like more than me. Well, bait is good ways. and
1: it looks delicious.
0: And bait, <laughs> you're like bait is going to be. Yes, it's going to give me something I need. But it it's been it's not great. It's just not. It's not servicing the thing that. I think we need to continue and to, and to really be in this for the long haul. Now, also, like, my response to Houston's bro, like, by the way, remains the same. Like, I still am still speaking to him in the same way. I'm not yeah. letting that guy off the hook. Right. Because I do think that we need to be able to speak up. But, you know, I feel like he was banking on me being... Polite and just being like, yeah. "Oh, sure, mm-hmm. okay, he great." He wanted to
1: give you all his plates.
0: He wanted to give me all his fucking dirty plates, right. and I was like, "Absolutely not, sir." Bye. And then we got into it, but, uh, but I think that this is a second Houston's guy, by the way, Sarah. Not the first Houston's guy. What? Yeah, oh, I went back to Houston. Oh, of them. Oh dear. Oh, I, I, did. Right. Did I did. Never I go, go back to the scene. It's of the a, crime. You'll listen to the first part of this podcast, and you'll get the whole story. <laughs> Um, I just realized that you, I saw you after my first Houston's experience and that guy was, that guy was fine. The second Houston's guy and I got into a screaming fight. Um, it was intense anyway. But like, I still think that moving through the world, taking up space as women and challenging those ideas are important and challenge, right?
3: Oh God, we have to. We,
0: I mean, can I just say also like the... The whole idea
3: of, like, hurt people hurt people, right? We know that pithy, fun little thing. But, like, free people free people. So our job is to, right, get there. I like that. That's my job. Like, of course, Houston's guy 2.0. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, Insane. Right? And, like, and the truth is because you all know what I do. Part of what I do in characters and even the characters in my film, you know, I have a guy who his own like I have people in me who help me empathize not necessarily be stoked but at least I get it that like oh if you grew up on Fox News or if you grew up on this if this is all you've ever been fed you know it's, a, it's like software you, that's the input we're gonna get a particular output from those people and I don't know for me it helps to remember that I'm on a journey of learning
2: yeah. I this is I, be it, you all. Oh, my keep God. <laughs> but if you're busy, I couldn't wait to see you, honey. Oh, Elena's
0: you my like. favorite.
2: Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> you so much. And Casey, it's so nice to meet you, sweetheart. But I think what Sarah Jones is trying to say is that times change, people change. They all are trying to do the best they can with what they have. Sarah had to teach me to stop saying the offensive name for Asian people. I didn't mean to be offensive. But I now, you know, if people say uh, it used to be the Mandarin. Oh, right. No. So, right. and I'm trying and I'm voting the best that I can. I'm doing the best that I can. And, you know, I think everybody is. I hope you don't get in trouble. I love Asian <laughs> people. Okay. Anyway,
3: <laughs> the point is that, you know, everybody's on a continuum. Yes. I'm shit All the time. But ultimately, I know that I'm in that fear body and that pain body. I was arguing with someone at a party last night. Like, she was like, well, what Elon said was, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, I, did, I, I lost all decorum. She was like, I'm an agent. blah." I was like, I don't care. Like, I hate you right now. And I realized my fear touchstone that, that like, or what is it? The Yeah. When you touching in on a core belief, like I have a core fear that, because I'm a woman and I'm black, and I, like I think about Stacey Abrams, right? Like, yeah. you really have to be an, a bona fide genius just to get in the ring with a, With a, I don't think you can say moron anymore. Let we'll let Lorraine say Asian moron and
2: an imbecile. I can <laughs> it. <It's laughs> not, it's, I'm not being ableist. I'm just talking about Kim. Anyway, but the point is, we know,
3: right, as women, we don't, whatever, last hired, first fired, as black people, like, these are old, old, painful places of being oppressed and marginalized for generations, and still, we have to find a way to, like, not pass each other dirty plates, I don't want to be cooking up the shit that's first on the plate, (laughs) that's disgusting, and then it's even a more disgusting plate later, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in my pain body. No to be in politics. Like I want to clear yes. my shit with Hoffman. By the way, I still need the number. I need the people.
0: Oh, I have to introduce you to them. I'm going go to do Hoffman. that right now. Let gotta me do it right go now. To... <laughs> yeah, I'm gotta get it in.
1: I think it's, I think it's so important what you're saying, Sarah, I guess I, it's, it's hard to do away with like
0: well-founded fears that you have. Um, but I think that there's, I think that there's a lot, I think there's a fine line. Like I just, I think that, we should be fearful of yes. what some of these people have planned. Oh, yes. like, yeah. Like, it, it is worthy of our fear. Yes. Well-founded um, fear. Well-founded. Well-founded. But the point at which it turns to despair yes, and where it starts to, like, consume us. Oh, that's like, bad. it was consuming. I have been consumed for weeks now. Yeah. And, like, when I had that... You know, part of it was just, like spending this day with Birdie, and Birdie was like PMSing and in a bad mood and being like kind of a jerk. But also, I was like so grateful to be with them, and then, like, and then really hearing what Birdie had to say to me about, like, I was like, I know it's not, I know, I know, like, a theater school isn't like a hundred percent your dream, but like, you know. And Birdie was like, No, 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 Mom, it really isn't at all. Like, I don't want to do it. I can. Because I'm not good. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say that. But like, birdie. but Bertie was just like, I want you to hear me like when I say this thing. Mm. Um, and I, and I, I don't know. There was something about like the way Bertie was like, I love you. Like, I do love you. And I was like, I just don't think you understand like how much I'm going to miss you. Mm. That's all. And then I realized that like my trying to push other stuff on Bertie was just from fear. Mm. My own fear. And I, and then I, like, took it wide and was oh and, like, you know, and was just like, oh, shit. That is where I'm like, when you move from that place, you're so closed off, you know? And then, beat, guys, wait for it. I woke up the next morning with the best fucking idea for a TV show to write where I film it in Sweden. Oh. So, Talk listen, listen, all I'm saying is like, I opened it up. I really did. Like I opened up that and I was like, I can, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get rid of the fear and allow for just my love for my kid to shine through and my real, like seeing this person and seeing what they need. And then I had this whole like creative, like, oh my God, like all this great shit came to me. And I was like, you know, obviously self-serving in some ways, but (laughs) but. But like, you know, it just like opened up other things. And then I took it wide, and yeah. I thought about Houston's and I thought about the last several weeks of my life doing all the work that we've been doing. Sarah Jones and I co-hosted the ACLU benefit together. Did you get COVID from that?
3: I did. Oh, uh, I didn't. I know. I'm so glad only one of us uh, that it was. Fell. Only befell. I was going to say it only befell. I wanted to like elevate it. But I, I was. <laughs> I was don't know. It how your, the f- was it fuck, your first I didn't time get it. getting
1: COVID?
3: I, it was not my first rodeo. Oh. Not my first Rona rodeo. And um, it's so funny because with the coves, uh, I, I just want to, because I, you saw me like lose it again. I'm going to need a chiropractor from all of this <laughs> that I'm doing listening because it's so true, right? Like the love that you found for Birdie in that moment, that globalizes. When I say, when I can get to, oh my God, I love this person who's in front of me. That's where my fear is coming from, is that I love them so much that this is the. Then I can see, oh, I'm carrying that. Like I used to go to rallies. I would go to like the Planned Parenthood, whatever, you know, rally in college, mm-hmm. and I'd be screaming like, be you bat, know, whatever, be like bands off our body. Blah. And some of that was at my dad. And I didn't even know it, right? I couldn't right. know that what I was also saying, like also fuck you, right? Also fuck you, DeSantis or whomever. But like every time, here's the other fun thing. Every time I say fuck you, I've been taught this by some spiritual people. I'm actually saying fuck me. There's a piece of my rage and my mm-hmm. um, wounding that is automatic. Like when I don't do my work, my activism isn't as clean, It doesn't mean I'm ever going to be perfect. It doesn't mean, you know, that I have to like sit on a mountaintop before I can, you know, donate and get out the vote. It does mean check my motives. Just like you said, am I upset with my kid right now? And is that also leaking out here and here? And even more beautifully, when... Oh, I love that. It was like a singing bowl. It
0: was was just my coffee cup, but like, I don't know. I don't know why it it made that noise. With your (laughs) Melissa Lewis
3: voice, your coffee cup is a singing bowl.
0: (laughs) Bring it all the way around,
3: <laughs> um, but quickly I will. I will say this, and I'll say this as Bella because Case. I okay, so hi, I'm also in high. I'm, like, a busy stan. Um, (laughs) but I just want to say that, like, it's really true that, like, Sarah Jones is, like, oh, my God, Bella, you're, like, so soups. like, you're so, like, upset and, like, consumed and, like, everything you described busy. And she was, like, you fully just, like, need, like, huge cry. You need to just, like, cry it out, like, for, like, the boy you liked in eighth grade, the girl you liked in ninth grade. Like, just cry all that, like, shit of, like, I'm unlovable out of you right now, and it will change your rage at uh, like DeSantis even though also my Nana lives in Florida but like I just want to say that like uh, we can have fun with it like now I'm like oh we should just be like we should just change language like and you know how you're like what the hell it's like what the Florida like what the Florida like you know, <laughs> let's just have fucking fun with it anyway,
0: right. <laughs> I I mean it, it's an interesting thing and it's like a thing that let's wrap around to sell by date because it's something that you explore in the filmed version of the stage show the stage show was just very different than the yeah. movie. So different. And you really touch on all of the pieces of what it is to be an activist, what it is to take a stand, what it is to be an artist in the movie sell by date. And one thing that one of the is it I can't remember who says it. If it's you or if it's if it's one of your characters or if it's like an actual Human being. Human being that you talk to. And it, because there are real, you talk to real, like, Sex workers and real... yeah. Wait, let me let me. Oh, okay. Just pause we need to. You need to do because I, know, I say, I'm so okay. familiar with. Sorry, I'm sorry, guys. I'm That's bad. Okay, this. I'm bad. I, I, this at is where this is the
1: part, Sarah. Where I always pause and give like a little backstory on. Sarah Jones is an amazing performer. She had a really wildly successful stage show where you perform all these different characters. You've done a couple of characters for us now. Um, Elaine is also my favorite, but the characters are actually people in your life like people that you have kind of known and that you carry with you inside yourself. And so you have this wildly successful stage show in New York city. And, um, then, People loved it so much that they wanted to make a movie version out of it. And um, and so this interestingly, well, we always talk about pivots on the podcast. This interestingly, um, the movie wound up being, and I thought this was so clever, you called it an unorthodocumentary because it's a do- <laughs> <laughs> it's a I documentary, but it also has like a dramatic component. So you're like meeting with people and talking to them. Uh, but you're also portraying all these characters that you carry with you and interacting with them and it's really uh cleverly shot and uh and the the subject at the at the heart of the film is sex work and like people's attitudes towards sex work it's very polarizing and uh, i think it's very stigmatized which you explore but so anyway i just wanted to give people that background that that's what sell by date the movie is it's not just uh it's not just a strict reperforming of the stage show it's this new interpretation that has taken on a whole life of its own yeah. did you think
0: you were going to do just a uh, basically like the stage no, show
2: somebody
3: just put a camera right here cuz i'm not going to do more work i already wrote this thing i've been playing you know i've been portraying these characters there were people in the show the stage show who were there to sort of like embody all the different voices of women and it was set in the future and it was its own thing. And then uh, upon, you know, I was like this, sure, we'll shoot it. People are like, just shoot it and you'll shoot it in a cool way. You'll do some VR. It'll be fine. And then when it was time to actually do the thing, the, and I, it's funny because I say the sex industry more broadly, right? Because there are people who don't, who don't call themselves sex workers, right? But right in any industry, or there are people who, you know, I mean, like I joke about this, but like the family who like goes to, you know, the football game and then takes their kids to Hooters for some wings. I'm like, yeah, you got the sex industry there, you know, with your ranch on the side of your wings. Like it's, it's all about your boobs and your right. It's all of this yeah. stuff is the sex industry like more broadly. The OnlyFans, whatever that people may not, if they're in porn or they may not call themselves a sex worker, but. Right. The point is that as you said the stigma, you know, the one thing along the continuum is like misogyny. Like the, really that's what it comes down to. Obviously there are men who, you know, are in the sex industry. I'm specifically looking at the vast majority of people in the sex industry because, you know, and this is a heteronormative setup, but basically men buy sex from women largely because women need mm-hmm. money and men have more money because of everything we know that's fucked up. So it's an interesting um I, I realized that the way I explored it on stage, uh, first of all, there was a, a fun, uh, you know, kind of reaction when we announced in the trades. It was like- On
0: social guys, media.
3: On Right. So we like had a splashy announcement with a big splashy team. It was like some high profile people and social media was like, this bitch has not been in sex herself. Cancel her, go get her. And, and people just can't, I was like, but you don't understand, I'm your friend. No, I know you want to, you know, like I'm. You're gonna break my wrist, but I'm trying to hold the microphone up to your mouth. Like, please, don't break my wrist. So I just want to say, I get it. I get why there was a backlash. There has never been respect, you know, really centering the voices of people, women largely, and femmes with lived experience in that industry. Whenever it happens, they're not, you know, counted and listened to. And they're like, don't do it again. Like whoever you are, you're not what we want. Goodbye. You're going to do it to us again. And for me, that was a lesson in looking at myself. Like, where do I do that in my life? Where am I like, you know, I've been hurt or, you know, I have justified anger about this. And so I'm shutting you down. And I tried to just be, you know, in their shoes and be like, okay, you got to trust me. I'm not the chick you think I am. I'm going to make something that is, you know, about love. Kind of like what you were saying. Right. Um, And so then I was extra motivated to just make sure that this is a film that doesn't tell people what to think or Mm -hmm. feel. I just want to show you my messy truth and kind of like, you know, people call it the oldest profession. It's really more like the oldest conversation nobody's having in an honest way about all the layers and race and gender, class. You know, it's just there's so much there that we all care about in this moment. And we just never talk about
2: it.
0: Yeah, and I mean it's deeply rooted, of course, course in like patriarchy and misogyny, right?
3: It's sing it if you know it. <laughs> it's an only but a but a goody, but a shitty, but it's there.
0: But so you do talk to you do have interviews with with people who work in the sex industry. Also met a man, you've talked to a man who's in the sex industry as well. Um, in the unorthodocumentary <laughs> of cool. sell-by-date. It's cool. <laughs> Um. Oh, I know what it was. It It's the woman who is the pole dancer and the Amy lawyer, Bond. Amy Bond. Yeah. I really, like, loved that segment. And uh, she said to you... She says to you at one point, like, I need you to get out of your head and into your body. Mm. And, like, I... I don't know. I felt it really deeply. And I felt what you were that it felt so I just just out of curiosity, like, were you prepared for that moment at all?
3: Nope. And I cry. And this is so funny, right? Because I'm vain. Like I, I am unable to hide in this unorthodox who I really am. It was a really, it's a departure for me. I mean, as you can see, I'm usually like, you know, Like let me just be another character, then people can love me, you know, for somebody else, and I don't have to be me and like question all the parts of me that are like questionable. So this was more of me than I've ever. I wasn't in the play. Like I I had an all British version of myself, much more in the future. In the future, so I said in the future. So I'm not even really here anymore. Like I'm dead somewhere. I'm fine. But in this version, I was surprised how often I cried how often I, I do, I live in my, I've lived in my head. How could I not? You know, I grew up in trauma and I'm always trying to figure shit out. And I don't even know that I'm not embodied. And that when I sort of um, feel unsafe, this doesn't, this hasn't felt like a safe body to occupy. You know, like growing up in New York, it was like, you're gonna get catcalled on the street from the time you're 12. Like there's so many layers to why I have taken flight from my own body for so many years without even knowing it. And the great thing is, like both of you, it, I mean, I'm not suggesting that you are, but yeah, I know you're both dropped down into your like solar plexus all the time.
0: I'm like in my body now at this point. Oh, I wasn't though not. for, yeah, I'm very oh, much in my body, bad. but I haven't been in my body for, I wasn't in my body for many, many years. I relate yes. deeply to it. Yeah.
1: yeah, I really did too. It reminded me of, um, well, well. I don't want to give too much away, but it reminded me of in a high school theater class. um, On the first day of class, our teacher made us take our shoes and socks off. Mm -hmm. And it really was like a huge deal for me because I found it to be like so personal and intimate in a way that you would never be in high school in a way that like I just didn't live my life. And um, so that's what it it reminded me of this. Like I like. Bushed back through time to this memory of this teacher like suggesting that we take our shoes and socks off so that I guess what she was doing was trying to make us like feel the appropriate part of our body that we could in in on that high school stage. And I just was like, oh, my God, shit. Yeah.
2: Do you so,
3: remember how it felt? Like, cause I just got chills hearing that. And I know that I, I was like, don't say that. It's going to make me sound like a weirdo, but I did. And I think it's because it's so unexpected. Like if you said like, take your top off, it was like, oh, of course. Yeah. But something about like, we, even as a New Yorker, right. Like my, I never put my feet in the dirt or like, there's something about like your feet and your shoes and your socks and like your naked feet, which also I went to like, oh my God, I don't want anyone looking at my feet, you know, Yes. came up of like how I'm not embodied when you said shoes and socks. I was like, oh, that's a super intimate in a way because you don't associate that with intimacy or, you know what I mean? We're not connected. We're not used to looking at each other's feet and walking around in the grass. Well, I
0: mean, if you're on an airplane these days.
1: (laughs) Oh, to to be that person on a flight that is like, I'm totally fine with everyone here seeing my feet.
0: So So weird to me. Can you imagine the, the confidence I think it's something other than, co- I feel like
1: that's a, a, it's like a sort of sociopathic. And yeah, insane. I think you're right. I think I mean, you're if right. you get all
3: the way down to the actual barefoot. I, I am a mukluks person. I will admit that. I quickly and discreetly throw on these big fat sock things that I wear. That oh, yeah, yeah. Huge tall slippers so that I can, because, um, yeah but not Yeah, that's
1: one thing. It because here's the thing, nobody ever takes their shoes and socks off on a plane and leaves their feet on the floor either. They always go right up above the person's head, like onto someone's armrest, onto the back of their headrest. Like people people who love to get their feet naked in public also love to raise them above waist level immediately.
3: It's a group activity. They I think they <laughs> need to be witness, it, right? It's not like a solo. It's not fun, right if they were the only one yeah. on the- They'd
1: probably just keep their shoes on. I it's agree. like some it's it's some interesting. They need to be witnessed. Yeah, they yeah. need to be witnessed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. Listen,
3: you can make good money with that foot stuff
0: today. It's um, true. Other I... than the the thing that I brought up because I love that I loved that moment so much. Was there something else? Was there another moment in the film that like really surprised you in the making of Sell by Date?
3: Like there, yeah, there were so many, I would say, um, because I'm a first time director this, I had like the, you know, what do they call it? Like the ignorance is bliss. I had like the luxury of so much naivete that I was like, this is going to work for fun. And I'm sure other people, directors would have been like, this is what you, are you, do you want to die of like, you know, public humiliation, but the ways people told these vulnerable, there's a scene with Brian Cranston. That's Where? what I was going to say. It's Casey's oh. favorite. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. It because part of what it does for me is it takes it out of this binary us versus them. Men are the enemy in this. You know, the people who buy sex are driving the demand. Uh, look, this is a complicated topic. I, every time I open up my mouth, I feel like I, there's a minefield just coming up from my esophagus for everyone to enjoy. Um, but that moment was so human. It was just so human to, to, and for me, it's about childhood. There's so much in this film that's like from my childhood, my mom's in the movie for God's sake. I don't know if I recommend it, but I love her, Uh, (laughs) but like that we all start. And especially, you know, hearing you talk about cricket and birdie and, you know, like I don't have kids of my own, but I have like inner kids that I've discovered through some like therapy work where when I'm you know, afraid or feeling really distant or like, you know, if I had been like, oh, Brian, you know, is a man who, whatever. Instead, it's like, no, we're all, there's so many kids running around who never got their needs met and are either trying to get them met through like, you know, doing sex work or through whatever, or they're trying to get them met through having sex for the first time with somebody, you know, when they're 16, whatever. All of this for me goes back to a core place of like, how, how are we being guided to ourselves and to love and to each other? Like, how are we get, making our way there? And not to pathologize or judge anybody or, you know, what kink shame. It's not about that. It's like, who am I at my core? And there's so much of me that's this young person that started getting formed before I knew anything. And then sort of sex and all of this comes in. And if I don't have tools, it doesn't matter what gender I, well, it does matter. But if I don't have tools, I, I think I just forget that men don't have tools. Like I, I sometimes forget, like, oh, nobody's minding that store. Like they're coming into like toxic masculinity and all this shit from the time right. they're, healthy, you know. Um, and it's well,
1: like, sometimes pretty- I think sometimes we forget because they do have so much privilege. Uh, you know, as we were talking about, that you're like you, you have every everything. everything at your disposal. Why can't you just? know this why can't you, why why can't you just have this one tool but i loved brian cranston's story um i love that you just let him tell his story which i think was really generous of him and then it it just really made me think because it really made me think of like you know he was making an admission that i think some people would judge and uh, you know but it was just he was just talking about one moment in his life when he was a kid you know and so i'll i won't say more because i want people to watch the film and i want people to to hear him tell his story but it just made me really think of like how well how often we again carry around some type of identity that's formed based on one moment when or like or just you know sexuality is a huge part of life but it's only a part of life You know, and and we carry around so much of our identity that's forged in the name of our sexuality or like one incident or like one period in our life when it's really only it's only a part of who we are. And so, you know, to see one little part of Brian Cranston's life that he generously shared was interesting to me because I don't think a lot of people would have the courage to say it either.
0: I totally agree.
1: It was
3: really moving. It was so moving, and I also will say it helped me in because you know, with documentary or unorthodox documentary, we <laughs> shot in whatever order. You know, as an indie, we were like, "Hey, we got
2: we got some juice.
3: Do you want? what can you we listen. We can get you a metro card. Like it was real. It was real." <laughs> And um, you know, people were willing to show up for us. And I, I, I wanted to make sure I honored everybody's story and their time and also just was able to get them on a calendar at all. And so we shot in an order that was so random and you can't tell, hopefully, in the film.
0: No, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't have known that.
3: Well, that's great, but what it? it what? Now, maybe can we cut that part? No, I was kidding. But <laughs> is, I want people to know. I felt like this film had its own. You know, I'm not a religious person, but I'm spiritual enough to be like the love thing. That's my right. That's my spirituality. Is like. Yeah love and like letting, getting the truth out, especially on a topic like this, where people, I mean, I remember growing up the worst thing you could call somebody was a hoe. That was like the, I mean, in every language, French, it's like, Poudain. that's the, it's the garden variety curse word for everything that's bad. Same thing in Spanish, same thing is whore, right? So right. we are so used to shaming women for basically either normal human sexuality or trying to take care of themselves or both. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the topic itself, I had to unpack so much about, like you were saying, Casey, my childhood, like my, I developed, you know, I saw a pretty woman, like all those images that, that get kind totally. of etched onto our psyche. Like I wanted to enjoy my sexuality and my power when, you know, when I was 13 and I was already five, nine or whatever it was, it was confusing to both be like, oh, this Sort of feels good like I can make these men do shit but also to be like also well, this feels dangerous and maybe I should tell my mom like it all of that we don't talk about it we don't unpack it mm-hmm. then it ends up in Hollywood you know we've seen it all me too it's all a continuum that I think leads us right to like Roe and Dobbs and like you know who controls women's bodies who controls women's self-determination sexuality it's really all so connected and bound up together. And I was hoping to kind of get at some of that through the film. Like I hope people who think they have nothing to do with this topic will see like, Oh, you know, this time when I had to like fight this sexual harassment thing, it's on a continuum with women being criminalized for, you know, selling sex. It's, it's insane. Right.
1: that Women are criminalized for that. It's just, it's on a continuum with, I feel like, everything we ever live. I think we, we're told to have shame and to stay away from things. We're told to shame other people and who, who don't behave in the ways that we're brought up to believe are acceptable. And yeah, so many things I never turned back and took a look at. You know, like, well, okay, so why... Why was I told that, and why was that taught to me that that's the way that I should live? So, like, I-, I think it. I think it has to do with everything that we're talking about: Dobbs and misogyny, and also why white women are having a hard time uh, voting in their own best interests. Uh, election after election and, um, yeah, and just how how we're carrying ourselves through the world. Like when when the first message that you get about that part of yourself is be ashamed and be quiet.
0: Right.
3: Yes. And it belongs to me, right? It's there for my gaze and my enjoyment, but you got to present, I want a whore in the, st- what is it? A whore in the sheets, a virgin in the street. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is some core stuff that hasn't really changed or been taught we, we have to unlearn it. It's part of, I think, this larger reckoning and awakening, you know, whether we look at sort of um, 2020 and George Floyd and all. Like, to me, there was a, a kind of confluence of, wait a minute, like, we are devaluing human life, Black life. You know, we're, we can talk about it with women, with, you know, non-binary folks, we, trans folks. Like, there's a collective awakening to, like, this is where we have let certain dominant um and i think very fear-based right i'm sorry to say but like i'm not sorry to say white supremacist
2: capitalistist,
3: heteropatriarchy is what's underneath all the other things all of them um De- bella says it better than i do it's more <laughs> Is a little halting with it because I think she's like, am I ever going to get like corporate work again? But yeah, white supremacist, capitalist, hetero patriarchy um is like what's underneath all the other things. And divide and conquer really works, right? We see it in so many ways. Like if you can get white women to vote against their own interests, um, which apparently you can so much of the time, um, then you guarantee that like, you know, some people won't be able to. Like you, the, you need to galvanize that power. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking now. I feel like I'm in this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love the Bella character because if you can't tell, she's like a white millennial, uh, super. Me, but I'll
3: take it because I feel Gen like I'm Z.
1: Okay, okay. Weird. I do feel precocious in that way. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that she's always saying like these super wise woke. and uh, hyper woke and educated things and then like completely undermines herself like a second
0: later. She's <laughs> <It's> the best.
1: <laughs> it's so accurate. It's like everyone it is. Attacked. We're
0: all trying to break ourselves of those things that are like deeply ingrained, you know? Like it is the trick. And I actually feel like. One thing that I have been thinking a lot about, too, I mean, we need we obviously need these white ladies to fucking go get your people to,
3: busy. I'm Casey trying. Going. What do you think I'm, I'm doing? I'm trying to get like, through, what are they? A quarter of my people. <laughs> i like, yeah. mom, what your
2: people. <laughs> makes sense if you see the movie, my mother. <laughs> <laughs> your mother
0: looks more like Casey and Busy than like me. The whole
2: your that mother's is beautiful. Way,
0: that, your mother is beautiful. That was like very surprising to me that she is half black.
3: Yeah. 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 And I, you know, here's the funny part. She, um, when I was growing up, I didn't know, I just thought she was white.
2: So it's right. There. I oh, had a wow.
3: racial experience and she's, I shouldn't give it away, but she says in the movie, like, Oh, well, it just never came up in conversation. <laughs> this is a very important thing. You, You know, you want to pause and be like, like, oh, here's your oatmeal. By the way, I'm actually not fully white. I just live white and I have white privilege and I experience the world as a white woman, but here's a little wrinkle that grandpa is from the Caribbean. So it's, you know, it was a wild ride for me, like just kind of being like, what am I? Am I Obama? I'm sort of like, you know, there's that hideous, somebody came up with a I hate it when conservatives say something that's sort of funny, but they say it from the wrong, incredible
0: place. Word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: I feel like African-American was, is it's a good, I'm sorry um, that I was like, am I like quarter kin American? Like, what am I? Um, but I do think the race piece and talking like when white women unlearn the, the stuff that's been put on them, it is so, I love my like, you know, I, and the word woke, it's like, how about accountable? That's all. It's yeah. an easy word. It's not fun. It's a little corporate. It's a little, you know, kind of sanitized, but that's all. I love accountable people. I love people who are like, hi, I'm awake. I've done some work. Like I'm learning facts. I'm here to like, keep getting educated. Cause I've been fed a lot of confusion around race and gender and hierarchy. And you know, like white women, can lift, can really help with mis- the misogyny, the levels of misogyny that have us in a world where Stacey Abrams, who should fucking be president, but because of misogynoir, which is the amazing term I love. That's the confluence of misogyny and anti-blackness because mm. of that intersection. I can't, now I can't remember who to credit it with, but I have to find I like it. it. It's great. And she, there's a woman who coined it. So I really wanted to say that word came from someone. Um, that is like when white women unlearn their racism, Stacey Abrams can get a little bit closer to not having to, you know, lose in quotes to like, a, I'm sorry, human filth. I'm sorry, that's not helpful. Um, I'll go do some spiritual work about. Him.
0: <gasps> I don't know. Oh he's God. pretty
3: fucking filthy, gross. Filthy, 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 dirty. So we'll just say dirty, dirty. But all of this to say, we need each. We need you, right? Like, uh, miso- like misogyny gets undone when men do their work, right? right? Like racism against black women gets undone when white women do their work. So we need you all to keep. Call- we all need to keep calling each other in. Well, much. we
1: also, yeah, I was going to say, we also know that men don't always do work until a woman tells them that there is work to be done. It's right. the same as what's happening in, in many households across the country know, and world. Sometimes uh, sometimes you got to say it. Like, th- yeah. dude, here's you got to work on this. My,
0: here's what I also feel like I need, too, is I do need more white men who think that like, progressive white men to yeah. dig we need into to their go. shit. Please. And, like, because it's really... Com- it's, like, really complicated, and I'm like, no, I get it. It's not easy, and it makes you feel... Like, like they have so much judgment of, or, on themselves about it, and it's like, I don't think you're a bad person, dude, but if you feel emasculated because I make more money than you, like, let's, let's talk about it. it. Let's like, get it. let's get into it, man. You know? And, like, I... Feel like that's the piece of the whiteness, like we, literally, like with this like idea about critical race theory being like thrown, fucking whatever. I can't. I mean, the you guys, the the eye roll that Sarah Jones did <laughs> for
2: us. <laughs> my eye roll.
3: Yeah, it was epic. It was. I felt it in my like front, prefrontal used, cortex. Yeah, you saw your uh, brain. What I was trying to say is, Kimberly Crenshaw is like a national treasure, a genius. Constitutional lawyer who literally t- coined the term intersectionality. So tell all your schools, you know, everybody everywhere else needs to thank her instead of attacking her. But critical race theory comes out of these basic ideas that if you just look at facts down through history, none of this is made up, and then look at the intersection of those facts and how they've impacted everybody, you can't help but acknowledge, right, that like black people couldn't own things for a long time, and so there's a wealth gap, and there's a this but and a. That. I have
0: this feeling, guys. And I don't know. I'm like, this might be the microdosing. (laughs) This
1: is the mushrooms
0: talking. No, but here's what I want to, here's what I just want to propose to everyone listening and to the three of us. That the, that that white person instinct to not be able to look at a thing because it makes them feel so bad is deeply tied to religion And is deeply tied to dogma, like religious dogma that keeps white people sort of like in a constant shame spiral Mm -hmm. and incapable of thinking critically. And what has happened post-Dobbs is being confronted with the reality of women as people, mm. right in front of them, and people who are having medical disasters happen are dying. Dying, yes, and also just having to go through things that are that are outrageous and cruel, dehumanizing, dehumanizing,
3: Victorian era, like die, right, like crazy.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's allowing for a break, like a little tiny break in the shame that of what sexuality for women has been like sort of perpetrated on them Mm -hmm. to allow for these like previously, like very conservative, anti, previously very anti-abortion faction of people to be able to be like, oh, wait, 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 hold on. Wait one second. Actually. Whoops. Whoops, we got to think about this for one second. But the but the inability to like acknowledge their own internalized misogyny, internalized racism, internalized... I mean, like we were talking about this on the podcast the other week. Like I'm a big believer in like always following your gut, always like making sure you're in touch with that that thing. But even I will check myself and I'll be like, is that my gut because it's my gut or is that my gut because it's a black man?
3: Yeah. You know implicit what I mean? Bi- I have implicit bias. I've taken yes. people take the test and we have implicit bias because we've been raised to be afraid of other black people. So, 100%. and
0: yes. And by the way, sometimes the answer that I come to is like, oh no, no, that's your gut girl. You got to, right. <laughs> you got you to cross right. the street. Like, right. and sometimes I come to the conclusion of like, I think you're honestly, having a, one of those moments. And sometimes it's weirdly both like where I'm like, I'm having this thing, but I wouldn't have probably even noticed it if it weren't for my implicit bias. And does that make me feel like I'm a bad person that I'm able to acknowledge that like I have been raised with like a thing in, no, I, I don't think I'm a bad person. I think I'm just a,
3: everyone, you and everyone have been raised by that thing. But I,
0: but I do, no, I appreciate you like joining in, but I do think that these white people, (laughs) these white people in question are, are incapable of holding their own uncomfortable feelings. Yes. And like, and, and they feel like if they acknowledge a thing that they are bad and shameful and then that just it, they, that is like a that is a spiral staircase that they cannot go down because it'll
1: well a hyper and, distillation yeah. of what you're talking about busy is uh our beloved Ben Affleck doing that episode of who do you think you are oh my god and right and them finding out that what one of his ancestors was a slave owner and, like, he tried to put the kibosh on it. Or did he successfully? No, he put he put the kibosh on it, and then it came out
0: later. Wow.
1: And it's just like, Ben Affleck, nobody's going to think that you owned slaves. But guess what? Everybody already knows, regardless of your genealogical history, that you have benefited from white supremacy. So you might as well just, like, let the story come out and be, like, interested by it, you know? And, and... Curious. Curious. Yes, yes. But I think what you said was so smart, busy about religion, because it doesn't even matter at this point if you were particularly raised in a religious household, because it, at, at this point it's become cultural. So, like, if you had, like, a religious great-great-grandmother or, you know, it's been passed on to you just in your, at, in your home training, in your home behavior, even if you never went to church.
0: And there's this—and there's— just there is just a large amount of lack of critical thinking because it's it's just faith, right? So so like you're sort of taught from the time when you're very very small, well don't dig any deeper, she was a virgin and gave birth to the son of god. Guys, just that is what it is. That's don't what dig I was deeper now put
2: on your pretty white dress and uh, you know
0: we're going to give you here's a little, and this, this, is a, is this is the body of Christ take it you're like wait but what no but I mean like it's like figurative right it's not it's not real no 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 it's literally turns into the body of Christ like yeah. but why am I eating okay all right you, uh, got it
3: oh you got a little blood of Christ there on your corner of your mouth oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm saying like all of these things are like so tied together and like Culturally in America right now, you know, the religious part of it has been so intertwined with white supremacy and so intertwined with, with you know, misogyny and, and the silencing of women. Um, and it's not just Christianity, by the way. By the way, it's not. No. But... But the it does feel because I am just thinking about like Orthodox yeah. Jewish culture and also Scientology, which we're seeing now in this like fucking wild trial thing that is we haven't even gotten into. We I haven't haven't can't. I'm like into. I yeah. haven't even. I can't even look at it. I, it's like makes me sick. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's a rough one. But well, we've said this before. Uh, Most religions are kind of formulated on the same template. So there there are a lot of similar –
0: Mormons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: of A lot of similar rules and regulations and – But
0: also I'm not saying that like religion is bad inherently. It's the politics – basically there's a convenient
1: off-ramp
0: into politics,
3: right? And I've never heard it put the way you did busy. I love this idea. It's sort of like religious perfectionism, right? The feeling of one false move and you're dead. You'll be shamed. You'll be bad. You won't go to heaven. Or if you don't believe in heaven, then you'll you know you'll just, you won't be written into the book of life, whatever it is. The idea that you are bad and wrong somehow, if you question, think critically, want to you know have your own relationship to your own body, that's not about somebody telling you to cover it up, you know, I don't know any. You can't go to school. Like, you can't go anywhere with shoulders. Shoulders are not allowed if you're a woman or anybody. But, you know, it's just so interesting to look at all of that. Yes. But I was also thinking about, like you said, there is a Christian dominant, you know, there's the evangelical.
0: For sure, for sure. The
3: power structure, like religion has so many beautiful aspects. And whenever there's white supremacy and misogyny and, you know, I mean, landed gentry, right? Like the Pope, like there's just so many layers to like the capitalism of it all. Like, there's a lot in there. I think the piece that I'm so interested in is like you said, when people can't, I heard it put this wonderful way that like white supremacy and this whole culture, right? All of it is like diet culture. If you talk to your average person, but certainly woman, or non-binary person and said, do you think you've been affected by diet culture? Do you believe diet culture is real or like body image consciousness? Is that real to you? You'd be like, yeah, of course. Like I'm I'm aware of it. Even if they're like, I'm anti, you know, whatever. I'm body positive and they still know it's there and they're either living in reactivity to it or whatever. But when you say racism, some people are like, well, that's not a thing. I didn't own slaves. No, it's just like diet culture. I'm not calling it bad. I'm just saying there's this thing in society and you've probably pinched your you know, your abs once or twice in your life. It's there. It's just in the air and the water. And it's no more shaming to say to someone, oh, you're, you know, to say I have body image issues than it is to say I have racism because I have grown up in racism. So if people could understand it's 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 a neutral thing in certain ways. It's just like diet culture. Do we love it? No. Do we want to get rid of it? Yes. Does it kill people? Yes. Just like diet culture. And so- I guess the last. So
0: good. Yes.
3: I really like that because the last piece of it for me is you benefit like white dudes. And listen, they come for me on Bumble. I I, I have an engagement with like the first thing I say to them is like, hi, how's your Black Lives Matter doing? Like, like (laughs) we're not I'm not giving you seminars. You're not going to call me exotic. And then like, you know, I'm exhausted because I've had to explain to you why it's not okay. I had a guy, a white guy with an Asian wife Who was saying to me, oh, my son, he's so funny. He has blonde hair, but slanted. I was like, oh, my God, I need to leave. And in fact, even just now saying that, that was a slur for me to say it out loud. So a shape of eyes. But the point for me is he felt shitty. He didn't want to be ignorant. He didn't want to feel like he's out of step with like being his best self. And so there's a part of me that's like, yes, it's uncomfortable to face this stuff but you will feel so much better. It's the uncomfortable of like going to the dentist, get your shit cleaned up. Because if you aren't willing to look at it, it's all just going to rot out of your mouth. Like instead be uncomfortable temporarily, do your work, do what biz- like if you have implicit bias, just acknowledge it. The point being, I feel like it, at least for me, like I think of myself as a cis pet person or whatever on a continuum. I haven't, I just haven't met the people who, have gotten me out of dating men, but, uh, they're there, please
2: tell me. I'm exhausted. You
3: know, I know that when I do my work, learn to not misgender people, learn to, you know, be loving and respectful and supportive of my trans friends and family I feel better. It's not a burden to me. They're not a pain in my ass. It's not extra work. It's actually, it makes me a better person to unlearn the stuff that I either feel guilty about or that I know I have privilege and other people are suffering. That guilt and that terrible feeling is way worse than the temporary discomfort
1: of facing it, doing your work, and then being unburdened so that you can feel you know I think that's so smart Sarah and what you said about like neutrality like having neutrality instead of feeling bad about acknowledging anything it's interesting because like when we're talking about you know in terms of racism we expect people of other races non-white people to be so neutral about the racism that they see and that they experience while we can't be neutral at all about it. Like, just get very, very worked up by acknowledging it. And I think that's true probably for any any group. A woman is supposed to be very neutral toward the misogyny that she experiences, but, like, men can't even look at it, and they're, like, their stomach's doing flip-flops, and they're all sweaty, and they're going to throw up. Like, we have to be able to have these conversations calmly. It's not easy. But if we, I think if we start just asking ourselves to be calm about the things that we have implicit in us, that's just been in the air and the water, as you said, like, then, then maybe we'll get a little better at it. I don't know. I
0: don't think so. I think no, that's, it's, of course we'll get better at it.
1: I hope so. Should, listen, should we say what we're doing our best at this week? Should we make yes. Sarah do it with us? Yeah, Sarah, what are you doing your best at this week?
3: I am doing my best at letting go of how scary it is to put this movie out into the world. I The movie is not, it's. I want it to reach somebody. And you know what I mean? I can't control who watches it, who doesn't. Um, and so I'm just doing my best to like set the movie free from the Michigas here in my head. Well, let's get more people to watch it. Tell everyone where they can best see it. Yeah, because it's great. That's going to stoke my crazy, but it's good. I'll take it. Um, People can see it. It's streaming now on Amazon and Apple and uh, Fandor, like so many cool places. And they can, if they can watch it and review it. We're a tiny little indie, so we need people to, if they like, if you like it, if you hated it, maybe don't review.
0: (laughs) I purchased it. I bought it on. Yeah, of course. Come on. Came out yesterday. I bought it on. What did I buy it on? I got it on Amazon. Amazon. That's what I got it. Yeah. I got it on Amazon. I Amazon
1: got it on Amazon. Prime.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. That's
1: so great. I think that is such a good thing. And probably I've never put out a movie, but I can imagine I'd be like shitting a whole building's worth of bricks. So Insane.
0: It's, <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Um. I just love it. And I think there's so many like moments of just – perfection in the movie and like it is also just like in many parts dealing with the most intense subject matter like a real fun watch yeah (laughs) (laughs) like to be you know what I mean like honestly I was like yeah it's a fun watch um what are you
1: doing your best app is
0: uh well I mean I've obviously I think like I've really gone through what I've done but it's it's that it's the like allowing the space for a new kind of like for love instead of fear, and then taking it wide, you know, I love that I think that's that's the
1: template for everything, yes, yeah, and Casey. I'm doing my best at, well, I RSVP'd yes to like, uh, you guys get invited to stuff all the time, I'm sure, to like red carpet things. It's a little rarer for me, but I was invited to go see this documentary called Goodnight Oppie about the Mars rover, the the spirit. Oh my God, it looks so. It looks
0: so good. Wait. Ber- Birdie and I just watched the preview and I started crying.
1: Of course you did. It's super special to me and my family because when my oldest son, Eli, was in preschool, um, his class followed the launch of Spirit and Opportunity, the two Mars rovers. And their whole like school year had to do with just checking in with Spirit and Opportunity. And the the magical thing, in case you don't know, in case you forgot, it was so long ago, like 20 years ago, Um um, is that is that opportunity uh went on and worked on Mars for much longer than it was ever intended to it lived on and so opportunity I'm going to cry <laughs> opportunity has been like a very special character almost like a uh, like it was alive um, in our lives. And so we're excited to go see the thing. And it's just cool for my son, Eli. He's never been on a red carpet. And there's going to be not opportunity is not going to be there, obviously. But there's going to be a Mars rover, I guess, to take pictures with. And I just, I was... I was proud that I said yes to it because it's very easy, you know, that we're living these like interior lives. We're still trying to be super careful. Sarah, you just had COVID. And, you know, so whenever I do anything social, I try to take like six days to make sure that I'm not infected with something, you know, because I have the luxury of being able to do that. But this just came up at a time and I was like, oh my God. And I asked my son and he said he would go with me. So I'm really happy that I said yes to that instead of like, you know, you know, instead of just being like, oh, no, we shouldn't because it's going to be, I I can already tell it's going to be magical and memorable.
2: Oh, the metaphor of opportunity. I, I, guess, I love it. I guess, like, yes, I love it. opportunity will, will keep working long after you don't think it will. I
0: love it. That's exactly. right. And you know what, it, guys? That is like the perfect, I'm love, I'm loving this. This is the perfect <laughs> ending for this podcast. Opportunity. And we're still like, there, guys, we have it. We've got it. We're going to, we just have to, go we have on the opportunity. We have years. the space and the opportunity, and we're going to care bear stare this shit into <laughs> fruition. <laughs> just project it out. Um, Sarah Jones, <laughs> thank you for joining us. I love you. You're remarkable. And uh, thank you so much for
1: taking time to hang out with us, Sarah. And everybody who worked so hard knocking doors. Texting, making calls, all of our giving circle friends who raised over a hundred thousand dollars for through the states project to um for help state promote, and local elections. Yes, pro-choice candidates in state and local races. Thank you. You fucking did
0: that. You, you did that. You guys did that. And you know what I think? I do think we should put together, it's short notice. I think we should put together a door knocking, a busy Phillips is doing her best door knocking in Georgia campaign. Let's yeah. do it, guys. Let's for just go that, down the weekend before. For that runoff? December second and third and fourth. Let's just do it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> we'll put it together. Sarah, you in? You wanna come? I'm coming to Georgia. All right. Let's, <laughs> go. let's do it. Let's do Wait. it. <laughs> What's
1: happening. Um, all right.
0: All right, we love you guys. We love you guys and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for voting, guys. We love you. We love you. <laughs> Bye. 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 Oh no. <laughs>